to death that nefesh that's wrong about literally everything. I'm ready to cut loose myself. The Christian experience has to be sacrificed. Mm. You have to have that soldier attitude. I don't care what they think. I'm here to obey the apostolic commandment. I want to fulfill God's will for my life. Which is the favor that Jesus had from his father by being perfect. Greetings, welcome. Hallelujah, praise God. On fire with the word. Fresh oil on all your heads. Bam! Thank you, Father, for a people that love your will in their inner invisible man and are willing to become anything no matter how different it is from their human being. I'd say Saul was quite a bit different than Paul. I think Saul was quite a bit different than David. I think everything God does is quite a bit different than what man does. That's called holiness, being set apart from human beings. You're not taken out of the world, leave them in it. John 17. I'm not praying that you take them out, Heavenly Father. John 17, high priest prayer. I'm praying that you'd protect them from the evil one Seal them in your name. Seal them in the truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify them and glorify them. I have given them the glory, the glory that you gave me, the glory that I had with you before the world was created. It is written, we need a people sanctified, a people that love consecration, that at least will come to the altar, the one golden altar of the book of Revelation of Jesus Christ, and begin to burn everything of their human being, starting with their experiences with God. One of the biggest hiccups I notice lately amongst people in RLM is they're held up on past experiences. They'll just talk about past experiences like it's a big deal today. No, today is a new day of salvation. When your brain is caught in the past, you can't progress into the future. You know that already. So how do we get free of the past? One thing only, humility. And sometimes you just need to zip it, being silent before the shearers. What's being sheared? Your past. He was silent before his shearers. So when you're silent before all the different things that the flesh the blood wants to speak, the brain, even the memories. The memories will want to speak a lot of stuff, and I've dealt with all this stuff so thoroughly in my life, and there's so much humiliation on the public stage of just burying your heart every day for 20 years on the public stage that people just know everything about you, stuff that you're ashamed of, stuff that's humiliating. That's what repentance is. Without the humiliation and the shame, of the changing of the past, there's no actual repentance. It's not forced humiliation. It's volunteered humbling of oneself in front of others. If you can't do it, you can't be forgiven of nothing in your past. If you're still covering it up and pretending like you were perfect and everything's fine and dandy, You'll never get healed. You'll never get transformed. <laughs> You'll always be surface deep. God wants a people that are humiliated. Amen. It's, a one, it's called getting undignified. Respectability is a demon. Everyone knows that. 
The very vanguard of Satan's army was being respectable in the eyes of other Christians. Some of you care about that. We don't. I don't care at all about being respectable in the eyes of human beings. Human beings are not your judges. The Holy Spirit is your judge on earth. The blood and water judge you of one man, Jesus Christ, and him crucified to death on earth. And in heaven, the Word is judging you, and the Father is judging you. In a negative way, I feel so judged right now. No, in a positive way, being cleansed. Judgment is the cleansing of your shame. But there's so much glory in the actual repentance that produces Shekinah that it don't even matter how humiliated you are by burying your heart. You know, the Bible says all human beings' hearts will be revealed. You know that means humiliated? Brought to the surface of their face, no saving of face, no protecting of dignity, no pretending, no play-acting, no hypocrisy, no Pharisees, no scribes, no teachers of the law of just pseudo-Christianity. We're going to go into the depth of Christ in us, and it'll be Christ Christianity. You'd be surprised how much of Christianity down here is actually human. We need to carve a hole in our heart by engaging with the Word of God, for it's the sword of the Spirit. Therefore, how big is the cave of Elijah in your heart? That's how big the sword has hollowed you out like a cornucopia like a pumpkin for Halloween. It's a pumpkin carving contest. And God wants to carve you out and fill you with candles. Amen? And hopefully it's a smiley face. Amen? And maybe you'll win something. It's a contest. Run the race to win the prize of the pumpkin contest that's in Christ Jesus tonight, being carved out by the Word. So a lot of times we don't want the Word to humiliate us. We don't want to be shamed in front of others. But the entire thing of the Word is you're a living sacrifice. Have you ever seen something sacrificed that wasn't humiliated? I mean, think about the thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of animals (laughs) brought to the altar in the Levitical covenant of Moses. I'd say that's pretty humiliating for the goat, for the calf, for the sheep, for the doves, for the pigeons. I mean, there they are, screaming, hissing, crying, and they're bound to the, the four corners, the four horns of the altar. They're cut in half, their, their throats are slit, and then they're burnt. I mean, that's about as humi- humiliating as it gets. And you know, the Bible says that in the New Covenant, You are to offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. So it means it's not a dead sacrifice through animal blood, but a living sacrifice through human blood. Your human blood is sacrificed to someone named the Holy Spirit. Uh, We love the Holy Spirit. We're charismatic. This is Catherine Kuhlman Part 2, and it better be, otherwise we're backslidden. Because the charismatic movement needs to go from glory to glory. I don't know how much wisdom people have. They come in here usually getting tossed to and fro by the sword of the Spirit. Not such a bad place to be. It's actually a wonderful place to be than the rock tumbler of the Word. Realizing 
I don't know that much about God, and the stuff I think I know is probably demons. That's part of the repentance of humiliation. That the stuff that I thought I knew about God in the Bible is actually hearing from familiar spirits. They're not taught of Yarevave, they're taught of religious demons through human blood. That's often the case, isn't it? And it's a shameful humiliation that it's revealed that so many teachers, pastors, prophets, apostles, evangelists are actually very, very demonized by hell in ignorance of not even understanding what the new covenant is. The new covenant right now, 2,000 years deep, is still in diapers. You have less than 10 people in righteousness on planet earth right now, according to what God calls righteousness, not man. Man's a liar. These people are lying down here telling you righteousness is finished with Jesus. You just have the mustard seed of Jesus in your heart and you're the fullness of his righteousness. No, that it's 0% truth in that. You're a total liar. You're deceiving everyone following your false ministry. You may Maybe one time we're telling them the truth and helping them. Now you're just lying to everybody. And these liars are going from bad to worse. Listen, why? Because they're set up to be humiliated. Humiliated. And don't sit there and try to cover them. Don't be false love demon-possessed liars. Don't be anointed by the Antichrist. Don't be helping the demon. Be helping the humiliation in the way that leads to repentance unto life. Now, some of you never heard any of this before, and I'm not surprised. That's the prophet's job, to bring the fresh, inspired word that you've never heard, so that you can become a white bird and not a big, fat, brown turd. In Jesus' name. I want to start out with something that's going to blow your mind here. Isaiah 11.2, ancient Hebrew literal translation. This is one of our favorite chapters of the Bible, although we say that about every chapter in the Bible, because we're fanatics of the Bible. I just can't get enough. I'm freaking addicted. It's my crack cocaine. I fiend for it all the time. I think I wish I had four more hours every single day to read the Bible. That's probably one of my most common thoughts, honestly, this year, was I wish I had more time to read the Word to get fried on the glory and the light and the Shekinah and the Kavad of God. If I had more time for the Word, I mean, all I'd do is spend it on the Word. I'd just keep getting more and more deep fried every day. It's the best investment you have until it's your total addiction. A person that reads the Bible on the glory side of the Word and not the death and the dead letters side of the Word, that person lives in heaven. That person lives in heaven. So the Holy Spirit's the only person that can teach you the Word, as it's written Every verse of Scripture is God-breathed, ruad, mm-hmm, and is useful for teaching, correcting, and rebuking, chastising in righteousness. So most of that is just slapping you in the head. If you read the Bible, the purpose of the Word is basically to be a big stick and clonk you in the head because you're full of crap. It's not there to comfort you. It's there to kill you. It's there to crush you. A false believer will read the word to comfort themselves. Listen, I'm not here to comfort my flesh or my blood. John the Baptist wore inside-out camel skins. Don't be false. 
There's nothing, there's nothing comforting about it until you're in the glory because you've completely annihilated the sinful nature daily of your own flesh and blood. And if you're not doing that, you're very, very far from the kingdom of heaven. And most of what the prophets will say will offend you because you're not living in the glory nor the kingdom and you don't understand the purposes or the will of God with the holy angels and so all of it will be very, very offensive to you because you're filled with the pride of life which is self-preservation of the human being. (laughs) And you wonder why people react this way or people are so used to be around the prophets around here in Minneapolis and it's always so severe and intense that they actually just get familiar with it and they don't even obey half of it. There's a lot of that too. And you just need to repent while there's still breath in your mouth because there won't always be. It's not always going to be this grace period for you to be in Holy Ghost elementary school to learn the foundations of your Father's kingdom. God is going to expect fruit someday. The angels will come to you someday from God's throne and say, well, where is the one talent that I gave you? We'll get to Isaiah 11 in a minute, but this is important because there's a lot of complacency. There needs to be more of a peaceful understanding that the Father demands fruit. The Father will come. He will send angels to your gates, right to your senses, and He will say, show me the talents, show me the wheat, show me the increase. Oh, you knew that God was a shrewd businessman demanding increase in all the areas of your life, even areas where he hasn't even sown. The glory just kind of go into other areas that are unknown and kind of reveal them from the inside. Demanding himself, his kingdom, his glory, his fruitfulness, his character qualities, his attributes in all kinds of areas that he hasn't even really discipled you in yet. You know, a lot of the revelations I've gotten over the years have been just Johnny on the spot as I'm up here just as an oracle breathing what the Father is saying from heaven or what the angels have freshly poured on my head as vials of oil from my Father's kingdom. Do not prepare ahead of time what you should say. I believe that's for preaching. Amen? Do not prepare ahead of time for preaching. When you preach, it comes out of the rich treasury of glory, the storehouse of all of the wisdom that you've already stored up in your heart. So it's your heart literally speaking the intimate things of the kingdom of heaven from your heart through your renewed mind to help others also be purified by the word of God and built up in the most holy faith. Edified, meaning built up in the glory raised from the dead. How will they know unless they are taught? How will they ever believe unless someone preaches to them? You know, it's the demons that put negative connotations on preachers in your Babylonian American society. Every prophet was a preacher in the entire Bible. There's no higher calling in existence than a preacher. But the demon hates it. He doesn't want preachers, especially real ones that are filled with the inspired living word and have hearts carved out like Elijah's cave, like a pumpkin carving 
contest filled with the menorah of the seven spirits of God blazing on every word from experience. They want everyone just up in their head, critical and judgmental like a pack of wild demons, like hyenas that are just mocking everything they don't understand. Like hyenas, like demons that attack everything that they don't know by mere instinct, Scripture says. But these men, like mere demon animals, attack things that they don't understand in their instinctual animal flesh and blood nature. I mean, you've only seen that 10,000 times in your life already, and most of you are pretty young. Hopefully you don't have to see it much longer because we can bring the fire of God down here and burn everyone up in holiness, in righteousness, in goodness, in peace, in joy, in righteousness, in the Holy Ghost. That we don't have to settle for this human filth manure pile of false Christianity much longer. And let's put it gently, that's what it is. It's a manure pile of filth that we call God and Jesus and Holy Spirit, but any part of it that's still human, that's blasphemy. That's the beast given a voice. What's the beast? The human being given a voice. The human being still talking about the things of God like a lying idiot. Mm-hmm. Now, the Bible says that, Galatians 3, 1, you stupid, foolish Galatians who has bewitched you, having begun in the Spirit, will you finish in the flesh? Having begun in the Holy Spirit, God, Yadavave, are you going to finish it in the human being? You know, all my critics are human beings. You won't find one critic of this ministry that's sanctified in the entire world. They'll actually just be like, wow, it's good, wonderful, I'm refreshed. Keep going, boy. Keep going. They might not acknowledge our apostleship. They might not acknowledge our rank. But anyone with two cents worth of sanctification can discern the Holy Spirit in this ministry. I don't know why there's so many jackals out there. It's almost like the bright light brings all the bugs. Isn't that the truth anyhow? The brighter the light, the more bugs come. Why? To die and be zapped. So ask Apostle Paul about it, ask Apostle Jude about it, ask Apostle John about it. He was surrounded by murderers, 92 years old. Do you think he'd have peace? No, they're trying to chop his head off at 92 in church history. They're boiling an old man in oil, the most loving, holy, holiest man in the entire world, the most righteous man in the entire universe, and they're putting him in a cauldron, of boiling oil, and you want to sit there and say life's not fair, the guy is 92 years old, and he's the most righteous man in the universe. This happened, people. So you have no right to complain about anything. Okay? Let's just straighten that up. No one feels bad for you. It's time to put some of that oil, that boiling oil from John, and pour it on your head and get supercharged, and to get really empowered to do God's will with your inner man. And take your brain along with you. Amen? Take your bloodlines along with you. And heal those bones up. Amen? Animals are coming with. These are the days of Noah. They're all signed up. I got a lot of amens from the cats at Joel's bar. Listen. Isaiah 11.2 The Ruah spirit of Yadavave will alight upon him. This is the Hebrew 
ancient Hebrew literal translation of Isaiah 11.2. You've heard this before. Now hear it fresh and anew. The Ruah spirit of Yadevavhe will alight upon him. And say, that's Jesus. Well, you're in his body, so it's you. Oh, it's going to alight upon you. The Ruah spirit of Yad He Vav He, now just see those lightnings coming down, wants to alight upon you, upon your hearts. Ruah of wisdom and understanding. Ruah of counsel and power. Ruah of knowledge and awe of Yarevave. The knowledge and awe of Yad He Vav He. See, when you bring it in to the path where there's power, you can't just be under the sun, stuck in dead religion, even dead charismatic religion, which is the greatest height of deception of the false prophet in Jezebel's tower that we've been wrestling here in this mantling for the last 16 years, making tremendous gains to this is the most victorious Joel's army's ever been. A lot of you look at your rungs and say, well, I'm very, very low. I'm not even sure if I have the circumcision of the mineral level of Malkut. You know, most pastors don't either. Most full-time ministers that speak in tongues don't either. So you're at the end of the church age, in the beginning of the kingdom age, where the standard really, really changes into the messianic kingdom. So don't sit there and condemn yourself with agreeing with the demon spirit. Be excited that you're the first to the tomb. You're the first to know about the resurrection way. I bet you most pastors, if they really understood the teaching, would be absolutely thrilled to be able to hear what's available. That there is so much more. That their hearts would soften. I always believe love always hopes the best for others. And even though there's often tremendous disappointment because people choose the way of the flesh, the way of the world, and the way of the demon, and that's the wide path of destruction. So Jesus said, many are going to go down that path. Love still always hopes for the best, and even though there is a sadness of losing souls because they choose the evil one, there's always a reigniting of the heart in the hope of glory every day. There's no lingering sorrow in Christ. He's entered the joy. If, we, if any ministry should know about sorrow, it's this one. I've seen the turnover of 100,000 souls. I've walked with 100,000 souls in ministry since I began in 2006. I've walked through denominations. I've walked through millions. It's true. And we have seen it all. There really isn't a conflict, a battle that we have not faced and wrestled and seen. It has been intense. We've had prophets from Europe say, Oh boy, you have been in gladiator training for over a decade. Gladiator training is fighting to the death. 
That's all I had in full-time ministry for over 10 years of my life, where it's like someone's going to die, and it's, it can't be me. And the only way I've learned a lot of the stuff I've learned is that I've fought to the death over the things of God in action. <laughs> and something went down. Something died. A demon died. A stronghold died. A lot of it died in me. <laughs> it wasn't just all the demon dying and sin dying. It was a lot of, you know, all of my presumption, my pride, what ministry should look like, what successful prophets should he, should sound like, what even uh, cutting-edge fringe ministry should look like, drunken glory, what it should sound like. So all of that, guys, I don't care how radical it looks or sounds, it's not important. The only thing important is what the Father has written down above before we were even created. Scripture was written down before man was created. All Scripture that's God-breathed was written 2,000 years before Adam was made. Okay? So... There's really nothing to be offended about. There's only a lot to be refined about. And if you have that understanding that Scripture predates you, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, He was with God in the beginning, and all things exist and are held together by Jesus Christ, the Father's most powerful Word. Therefore, you don't make it about you, performance, ministry activity, your ideas about the prophetic, your ideas about the apostolic, even you know your traditions in the assemblies of God and the charismatic church in our history of the last hundred years of having the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the, all the, the signs and wonders of the glory stream and the freedom that we've enjoyed in the glory stream with the prophetic movement since the Kansas City prophets brought back the prophetic in the 1980s in the USA that has spread worldwide in the last 40 years. We have a rich history. It is very rich, and it is richly rewarded, and there has been lots of action in the glory. The issue is, what does the Bible say? He has saved the best for last. Don't think that you have seen it because you've been around Heidi Baker and David Hogan, Bill Johnson, Rick Joyner, and Bob Jones and Bobby Connor, and all the mighty men and women of God that were before this predestined for angel's army. You know what would honor these men and women the most is if you conquer the heavens and make new heavens. And everything God does always blows up people's boxes. It's always something offensive. People were telling me today, I was with you and up until the point you started getting into Kabbalah. Well, Kabbalah was around a lot longer before I even accepted it. I had to repent and change and understand what it was. And I'd been so broke down and, and refined and repented, which is humiliated, which is a wonderful thing. That means actual forgiveness, getting undignified and more undignified than this, getting more and more broken before the Lord, poured out before the Lord, undignified before the Lord, not put together, torn apart in pieces and healed. Not just broken to be a mess, broken to be Jesus. They're not broken to be just a drama. 
This is not a, a messed up drama series. This is the healing of the nations, the brokenness that produces the repentance and the humility for the resurrection to walk with Jesus Christ higher in the things of the Holy Spirit and the holy angels every day. Okay, This is not a brokenness where I am messed up in sin. There's no brokenness in sin. I don't know what demon told you that. The brokenness comes from forgiveness of sin. Hello? Sin can't heal you for nothing. <laughs> Being broken in your sin does not even help you. Even crying about your sin and saying sorry won't help you. Walking with Jesus and coming to a place where I'll actually change and go to a different elevation of thought life in my inner man, that's repentance unto his resurrection life. Resurrection means raised up life. I have watched a 100,000 flakes be broken over the years. I watched crackheads cry over being so sorry for their previous life and go back to crack the next day. I mean, I've seen it all. I've seen every form of human manipulation you could imagine. Nothing. Nothing. You're not going to pull the wool over your leadership's eyes when they begin to be righteous ones at the level of Joseph. Amen? You will not be able to pull the wool over Joseph the righteous and what he represents at that level of purification on the moon, Yassad. You will not be able to deceive anyone around you according to the conditions of your heart. You're going to have to be real in your inner man, and it's going to be the most freeing thing you've ever experienced. God wants you to be real. He doesn't want you to be a constant mess, but He does want you to be constantly broken. That's practicing meekness. That I have no strength in my own person, but I have all of His strength because I walk and obey Him. It's not being weak, It's being him who is strong, as it's written. When we are weak, he is strong. Amen? Therefore, meaning my weakness has no value unless I am dependent on another man's strength. The strong man of Israel, King Jesus Christ, Messiah, maker of heaven and earth. Amen? He is the king of angel armies, the king of glory. He is the king of... Minneapolis forever. He's the king of the USA. He's the king of all nations. He's the king of the air, the elements, the fire, the light, the sound, the waves, the energies of where you are at right now. He's the king of your cars. He's the king of your roads. He's the king of your cities and lands. He's the king of everything. But his kingship needs to be understood. I remember in the AG, we'd love to sing We're King's Kids, and we had all the music, all the songs, and we, but very little revelation. In fact, the revelation gets you excommunicated from most circles because we like to just stay ignorant and keep the heavens untouched because when you start to get lots of revelation, you start to touch the heavens. You start to touch the spirit world. You go into the invisible. You get built up by the prophetic word, the morning star rising in your heart. That means you begin to rise as a morning star, which is an angel in your heart. When the morning stars sang for joy in the heavens. What is that? In Job, it is written. What are the morning stars singing for joy in the heavens in Job? The angels. Study it out. It means in the when the angels were singing over Job's soul, he had an open heavens. 
He was living in the heavens and he's with the angels. What is Enoch's testimony when his son is looking for him? Methuselah, where is my father? I'm going to go find my dad and something has happened. He is with the angels, it is written. Where is Enoch? He is with the angels, but they could find his body on earth. But the Bible says he's with the angels. Do you understand how you can be with the angels and still be discoverable on earth? Remember Nimrod in the book of Jasher? They couldn't find Abraham because he was with Noah and Shem. Why couldn't Nimrod find Noah and Shem? They're with the angels. When you're with the angels, you're invisible to the warlock and all forms of sorcery and anything the fallen angel's doing. Darkness can't even see you. You dwell in invisible light. That's the, the highest manifestation of glory is now you're totally invisible to all of the enemy. Amen? Transparent. Satan's coming, but I'm transparent. He has nothing in me. He can't touch me. It is written. I'm completely crystal clear. Revelation 22. Are you? What is the word trying to touch in your heart to make you more clear? What is the word trying to touch in your brain to make your brain more white and clear, more silver refined in a furnace seven times? That seven times is the seven ruas of God. The ruah, spirit of Yadivave, will alight upon him. Ruah of wisdom, ruah of understanding, ruah of counsel, ruah of power, ruah of knowledge, and the awe of Yadevave, Isaiah 11.2. So what makes the brain white with glory? Is the harvest ready? Well, I mean, are your brains ready? You're the harvesters. Everyone listening online to me right now, you're the harvesters. Are you ready? Are you dwelling in the rungs of righteousness? Are you living in the realities of Revelation 14, 14, having obeyed the commandment of Revelation 4, 1, to come up here and stand on the moon? Revelation 12, 1 says, stand on the moon. Are you standing on the moon? What is required of your heart and mind? We have taught you accurately how to be circumcised of heart and mind. So just bring that stuff Listen, the Word will always beat up sin and foreskins and, and membranes. That's never going to change. Don't ever think that the sword is going to be lightning, lighting up on you and being going easy on you. You're, you're a lying warlock. You're a witch. You're a rebel. The Word is a sword. What's going to happen is you're going to begin to realize how much you need to be cut because you're full of crap. And you're a liar, and you're a human being, and a beast, and you're full of the false prophetic antichrist anointing of false love. And you realize, I'm done serving the foreskins of hell. All the foreskins of the heart belong to Satan. All the membranes on the heart belong to Satan. That's his property. If you have not allowed the sword to cut out those foreskins and membranes from your heart and from your brain... You're entirely used of the devil all the time. Truth in here. Unless you're circumcised of heart. Now the Bible says eighth day of the tribe of Benjamin. Well, that's Levitical law. But it's prophetic. The Bible says that all the Torah is for our wisdom. New Testament. All Torah and the scriptures are for our wisdom. All scriptures God breathes and is useful. 
What scriptures is he talking about since he's writing them talking about scriptures? Tanakh. Tanakh is the Jewish Old Testament. All Jewish Old Testament Tanakh scriptures, Torah and the prophets, are useful for correction, teaching, and training in righteousness and to be interpreted through wisdom. Which means if you don't study Tanakh, the Bible says you have zero wisdom. And I've been around a lot of these New Testament-only people, and God had me around them almost like being around Laban, where it was New Testament-only. And you know what I struggled with? How little wisdom they had. There was almost no wisdom in their ministry. And it was so grievous to me constantly. It must have been like Jacob with Laban. For decades, I was around people that says, we don't even read the Old Testament. I know it's crazy. Some of you are like, I can't believe that. Well, believe it. The charismatic church is full of goofballs. The glory stream is full of opinionated people that think they know it all, and they know nothing. They mostly oppose the Holy Spirit constantly. And still, God loves them. Does that mean that they're the enemies of God? Well, in entire areas of uncircumcision, yes. But God hasn't had the best and the brightest to use during the church age. It was usually a bunch of derelicts. It's usually uneducated men. It's people that don't even have rabbinical wisdom. He hasn't had the best and the brightest teachers. Don't think he has. Even Catherine Kuhlman said, like, he chose the worst out of desperation. Even Bob Jones says, I wasn't God's first choice. He picked me because someone forfeit their destiny. You know, Bob said that many times. That the mantle that went to him was supposed to go to another man, a man from Africa. And Satan took him out. And so the mantle, Gabriel, archangel, dropped the mantle in Arkansas to the little redneck, Bob Jones. Biggest redneck you ever meet. Could barely even speak English. Truth in you. And God's not always picking the best and the brightest. But, you know, in the kingdom age, he is the best. He is the brightest. And we're going to begin to see him fully formed in some people through understanding the word in wisdom. So wisdom builds her seven pillars. What are the seven pillars? The seven ruas of Isaiah 11.2. Amen? The seven ruas, the seven torches. It is like the fire vav, the fire rose of the sephirot. It is a blazing furnace of cosmic archangel power of rungs and rums of messianic promises fulfilled for Israel, fulfilled for Isaac, and fulfilled for Abraham. And we want to stay right in that realm of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob for the next thousand years because it's Israel's time. Esau is coming to an end as Edom will be consumed. Edom are the descendants of Esau who rejected the birthright of Isaac and of Abraham. It was passed down to the third and fourth generation. Amen? So you have Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then the twelve tribes of Jacob. Thirteen with Dinah, because she is also a tribe in these days. Amen? So now, apart from Israel, you've had the world systems. You know what you're dealing with in the world right now? Every single nation, Japan, China, uh, Chile, South Africa, Central America, South America, uh, Central America, Canada, North America, all the islands, um, everywhere in Asia, everywhere in Africa, everywhere in Europe. You know what you're dealing with? 
simply Esau. So the Bible actually prophesies that the Edomites would rule over Jacob Israel for a very long time. That most Jews, faithful Jews, that study the scriptures today, that love the purest, holiest form of Tanakh, some of them are Messianic, some of them are not. But they're faithful to the letter, and a lot more faithful to the letter than most Christians I've found. Some Christians are very faithful to the letter, so it's not always true. But I found that the Jews, one thing that the Jews have going for them is they are frickin' scholars up the kazoo. That's actually the scholarly terminology there. They're scholars up the kazoo. They are so scholarly, it's amazing that they will study every single thing in depth and go into deeper depth and then challenge each other when they come around each other to go deeper in the depths of their studies for their entire lives. And that is what true Judaism is today, that they're they're still faithful to the Tanakh, and some of them have received Messiah. Some of them believe Jesus is the Christ, and they begin to read about all the fulfillment of, of the Mashiach, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, in the New Testament, and then they're the most fun people in the universe, especially if they have a rich, rich oral tradition of Moses of the Tanakh. Because now you basically have the culmination of the ages of the wisdom of all things God's ever done. As it's written in Romans chapter 11, then the glory shall be exceedingly great when those branches that were cut off, the Jews are re-engrafted in to their own olive tree. Ho, ho, ho. Get ready for it. It's already beginning to happen a little bit. Amen? So this is not just a message now for Christians. I am not ministering to Christians. I am ministering to all human beings under the sun, and the invitation is to now go above the sun in the Father's kingdom through Jesus Christ. Because most of the Christianity that you've had the last 2,000 years is under the sun, meaningless human tradition that doesn't even have anything to do with the Father's kingdom. The Father's tradition is above the sun. That's all alive. Okay? That's where the angels are. That's all wonderful, perfect realities of heaven. Under the sun, it's mostly human beings. So what the human beings have done under the sun, as the teacher says in Ecclesiastes, it's all meaningless if it's human. Now, here's the issue. That fourth kingdom be iron mixed with clay. Daniel 7. That fourth kingdom will be iron mixed with clay. Now, iron represents the Holy Spirit. Clay represents your flesh and blood. Iron mixed with clay is the Holy Spirit mixed with your human rubbish. So it's like this humiliation that God lives inside these bodies. He likes to do it. He likes it. It's the foolish things that confounds the wise people. It's true. He likes to clean it up from the inside. The Holy Spirit even enjoys the process. The Holy Spirit doesn't like to be grieved. The Holy Spirit has a lot of emotions. The Holy Spirit has more feelings than any other person mentioned in the entire scriptures. So he doesn't like to be grieved, quenched, or resisted because he's perfect. He knows he's God and he's confident in who he is. He's more childlike than all the children of the world combined. And and the Holy Spirit's a virgin. So he hates all the sexual morality stuff. He hates all of the flirtatious stuff. He hates lust. But he does it as a child. It's not like he's just taking a big club and he's just beating you because you're so stupid why are you so dumb no that, that's not the holy spirit holy spirit when he does that that's when he hands you over to your own demons those that's demon your own demons do that 
And most people have two or three familiar demons that are always beating them up. But that's not the Holy Spirit. That's your familiars. Totally different, man. Don't ever call familiars the Holy Spirit. That's really bad. Okay? You get really deceived when you start calling your familiars God. Now you're basically doomed because those familiars in your own brain have become your Jesus and your Holy Spirit. And that's why there's so much mental illness out there because people get deceived to the point they start calling their familiars the Holy Ghost. So don't be that fool that destroys themselves calling familiars and blaspheming, saying that's the Holy Spirit. You see it everywhere. So a lot of those people just die. You just see that's how they just go crazy. They, go, uh, they start doing drugs, alcohol. They get into crazy sin. What happened to that person? That person started to think they were hearing from God, but were only listening to their familiars. That's why you always got to be surrounded by accountability, people more mature than you, people challenging you, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Uh, make sure that you're clay in the potter's hand. Understand that there's iron mixed with clay in this fourth kingdom. As Rome is being worked out of you, that Roman Empire of the fourth kingdom of Daniel 7 that we're wrestling today. And the king of Rome is fallen angel Samael. He's a fallen uh, principality. He's a fallen archangel. Samael is the same demon spirit that tempted Eve in the Garden of Eden. And his kingdom is the kingdom of Rome. Okay? So it's serious. This is the most powerful demon. This is uh, Archangel Michael's uh, antithesis. Archangel Michael's nemesis and his antithesis, his exact opposite of corresponding to hell's kingdom, is Samuel. What Michael is to the kingdom of our father, Samuel is to the kingdom of hell. You understand that? Okay? Clearly, truth anyhow. Now, you need to understand that is the king of Rome. That is what we are taking out in these days. A lot of the warfare that you're dealing with lately, the fog of war, the emotions, the craziness. I know what you guys are going through. I watch it every day. And it's not unique to you. It's all humanity. I'll go out here and it's intense with like everyone. So don't take it personally. Understand the conflict. Understand the battle. We are fighting the king of Rome. Tell the truth. We have Archangel Michael. We have Archangel Gabriel. We have Archangel Raphael. We have Archangel Uriel. We have Arch all the Archangels and a lot of Archangels that we don't even know about are here too. There's a lot of Archangels. There's Archangels over nations that are from God and not just the Archangels that are over the Tower of Babel and the fallen bloodlines. There's a lot of principalities and there's a lot of Archangels. And the Bible clearly says, we are going to win. We are currently winning if we're keeping the faith, even holding on to what we believe, not growing weary and well-doing. Amen. A lot of times the victory is just maintaining the faith today in the heat of the battle against the king of Rome. Amen. And you're not taking the heat of the battle, and it's not even close, none of you. What you need to do is just maintain what your faith right now and don't be taken away by the conflict against horrible powers of hell. You will all have conflict with hell throughout your lives until hell is no more. It cannot be avoided because you've been born of flesh. You've been born into the valley of the shadow of death. There is not a cave or a hole or a vacation spa 
in the Caribbean or whatever. This is the Ritz Carlton here behind me. Hallelujah. Very nice. Even if you're there, you're going to have spiritual warfare, buckwheat, because you're a flesh and blood clay creature that has God in different measurements on the inside, so there will be conflict. There will be conflict everywhere. You're going to have to wrestle the stuff everywhere you go until you defeat all your enemies. As it's written, fight the good fight of faith and participate in the good Christian warfare. Putting on the full armor of God. How often do you leave it on? You sleep with your shield of faith. You have to. What happens if you take your faith off? You get demon-possessed when you sleep. There's demons crawling outside your windows, your, your doors. I'm not going to scare you, but I'll tell you the truth. There's millions of shadows that are looking for entry points to get into your homes, to get into your eyes, to get into your ears. Especially they want to get into your eyes. So you really need to put a, a guard on your eyes. You need to put a guard on your ears of the fire of the Word of God. Stay on fire. Let this Ruah fire be kindled in the gates of your senses. Right in your brainstem. That's the gate to the soul. Right in the back of your head. You want to put a fire there. Anoint your head with oil. Jesus Christ said, perfume your head with anointing oil. He was actually talking about BB Luxury Perfumes but it was taken off the internet because we're moving to Florida. Ha, 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 ha. Let's see if anyone's alive out there. Okay. A few giggles. We're getting it. That's good fruit. It needs to be like a percolator in there. When you begin to listen to the prophetic, inspired Word of God, if it's hitting your spirit, it will bubble up with joy and peace, and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. What did the Apostle Paul say? That's the kingdom. What did uh, Luke say? The physician who wrote Luke, Paul's companion. The kingdom is within you. Luke 17, 21. So is it bubbling up? If the kingdom is love, peace, and joy, and righteousness in the Holy Ghost, we need to see it like a percolator. The evidence that your spirit man is receiving the inspired word and you're not just getting shredded by your own demon possession and rebellion and, and magic spells. People come in here, I look at you guys, there's magic spells on you guys in this audience today. You got some magic to deal, deal with. F foreskins and membranes are all magic spells. We say, well, there's, is there a physical penis coming out of my heart? No, there's not. Obviously, it's wisdom. What's coming out of your heart is a magic spell. And it'll, be, it'll look like a goat's penis coming out of you. It'll look like a cat's penis coming out of you. Girls full of cats and goats and guys full of animals and bestiality. It's truly filled with all of the sexual morality and filth and depravity and religiosity. Religion is perversion. You can't be more perverted than being a religious Christian. I mean, look at the Catholic priests. The whole archdiocese of the Twin Cities has been bankrupt for 20 years because they've molested like 5,000 boys. I was around the boys getting molested going to St. Charles Borromeo in northeast Minneapolis for seven years. He got molested so much. As soon as he had a mind of his own, he came out as gay and started to tell us I should have been born a girl. We said, oh boy, we knew it. We knew he was getting molested too when we were in school. 
I, it was a messed up situation, but they moved the priests around, tried to cover it up. That's Rome. That's Roman religion. And don't think it's not in your charismatic Christianity and it's not influencing your glory stream. Every part, there is a circumcision. There is not a, a circumcised foreskin in your heart. Is an area where Rome still has dominion in your heart and in your mind and in your soul and in your bones and marrow. Guys, these are archangels that fell from heaven. What are you? You are a sinner that is getting saved by hearing the word of grace. Okay? I think people need a more realistic understanding of how desperate the situation is. You are dealing with entities that aren't even threatened by 99.999% of Christianity. Under the sun, Christianity is zero threat to most the kingdom of hell. That's where? Principalities, powers, thrones, and dominions in heavenly places. Heavenly places means above the sun. Okay? That's the birthright of Samael for his son Esau. Esau received an inheritance of sorcery. Okay? That sorcery is also false Judaism. There's a lot of false Judaism. Those who say they're Jews but are a synagogue of Satan, Jesus Christ, red letters, revelation, it is written. There are those that say they're apostles that are false. Those are that say they're brethren, book of Jude, but are false brethren. There's stains in your love feasts. All of that activity that says it's of the covenant religion, that it's God, but is actually just shadows and selfishness and just Judas Iscariot and Ananias and Sapphira and all these types of demonic entities of hell, that is all Esau. That is all the Edomites. And I want you people to understand clearly the final showdown of the end of the age that we're participating with in a major, major way here today, even those listening to me, we're making major progress. We're advancing God's front lines. The preaching advances the front lines with angel armies. We're doing work. The confrontation, the end of the age, is Israel versus Edom. Okay? It's Jacob versus Esau. Now, if you're not a member of Jacob and you got some kind of pagan, you know, cultural Christianity down on earth, you're... You're irrelevant. You're just living as a human being. You're just sucking up vapor, sucking up oxygen, and living as an animal, and you got some belief systems on your brain, but you're not doing nothing. It doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter what you say, think, or do. Unless you're a part of Israel, okay, Galatians 6, you are the Israel God, you're not even a part of the kingdom. (laughs) Romans 11 says those branches were cut off so that you can be engrafted in. What's the olive tree? Well, about over 1,000 times in the Tanakh, the olive tree is the reference of the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel. Hello? Do you realize you are the nation of Israel? And it's written hundreds and hundreds of times. If that's not your identity, my God, people, what have you been doing with your life? Just, you need a shaking for a waking. And some of you are like, man, I'm first time brand new believer just hearing this stuff. Well, I'm glad you came right to righteousness so you don't have to waste 40 years in the wilderness getting filled with sand. I mean, how blessed are these people? They go straight to sapphire stone teaching that you don't have to waste 40 years wandering in the wilderness. We got people watching in their 70s, 80s, and 90s that are so jealous of you young people that get to be raised in this kind of teaching. 
You don't even understand what it is out there. You guys are, most of you are spoiled. Totally spoiled. And it's good to be spoiled. There's a good spoiling that you're, you're God's kids. There's also a time to, to go to war and all put all that training into action. And that's really where you're at right now. God's saying, you know, you've had a lot of training. And I know in the marketplace, you're getting tested and you're dealing with interacting stuff. God's going to pick it up for you and it won't be more than you can handle. This will be for your promotion, not your demotion. God has trained you. He is teaching you. The more training you can get in the invisible inner intelligence in your heart, the better it will be when he unleashes you. But if you are unleashed out here against Samael and Rome and all the hordes of hell and all the wicked sinners and the witches and the augured and everyone like Mr. Smith that can just jump inside sinful DNA and contort their head like a molek, molek owl 180 degrees and it's like, what are you doing, buckwheat? It's a uh, Paul I know and Jesus I know, but who are you? Seven sons of Sceva. And they left naked and bleeding, beat up by a young boy. And there was seven grown men beat up by a little boy. It's in the book of Acts. It's a person that has no inner intelligence of the word of God, no angel armies. Okay, God wants to put you into action and he doesn't want it just to be made up in your brain with some human ideas. That needs to be obliterated. And there's a lot of that delusional garbage here in this audience right now. There's a fantasy Christianity, and I'm just asking you politely to bring it into the Word and let it burn. It's in your brains, and God just says, just give Him the brain. Romans 12.2, be constantly transfigured in the renewing of your brain. That's what it says. Romans 12.2, be constantly transfigured in the renewing of your brain. And it is the best thing ever happened to your brain. Your brain turns into silver. Turns white. White for the harvest. When a brain is silver, it's white for harvest. You know what I mean? It's fully cooperative with God's thoughts and God's ways. It's not opinionated. It's not critical, judgmental. It's not filthy, vile human pride. It's not filthy, vile, demonic Christian knowledge. It's not the beast that blasphemes. It's not the manure pile of the old life. It's not full of vanglory and meaningless Christian activity, strange fire, and dead works. Amen? What it is, it's silver. Or it means it's quick to understand. It's silver mind. God's going to turn your mind silver. And I just want to boast in my dullness for a minute to encourage you guys, because I, I see where a lot of people are at. And I understand. It took me 23 years to go from the earth to cosmic to the sun. I skipped the moon and I skipped uh, Mercury and I skipped Mars and I went right into the sun because I'm a prodigy. Yep. If you want my autograph after the show, we'll see. Come up to the stage. Ha, 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 ha. Just see if anyone's alive out there. Two people. That's good. <laughs> Holy Ghost. Well, you know, we don't want celebrities. Well, you're going to have 24 elders. You're going to have kings in Jerusalem. Uh, the 24 elders are celebrities in heaven. I have yet to find a human being's thought life accurate or, or right about anything. Now, that silver mind, what I do find when the mind of Christ comes around, it's very rare, it's a needle in a haystack, but it does exist. Some people do have a softness to the Holy Ghost. They do have a love 
for the presence of his glory. They might not be flying with the archangels up in the high heavens. They probably don't even know about the seven heavens. But a lot of people, you know, they love God. There are a lot of God lovers. So that's all we're asking is that your heart and your mind stay in love. And the teaching is going to be far more advanced than anything you've ever had during the church age. Why? Because Daniel 12 says knowledge is going to increase. Yes, diabolical knowledge of Esau, sorcery has increased. You have six million trained sorcerers. You have six million Labans right now registered in first world nations. Six million Freemasons. That's just amongst the men. So you have six million Labans that have been trained in all of Esau up ten worlds of ten rungs of Klippeth Kabbalah. And you're at a major disadvantage because they have years and centuries and centuries of training and they've had the the Edom reign really under their watch for thousands of years and it's been their time. So you are a pioneering group of really a ragtag army that is just learning righteousness fresh and new. It's kind of like the youth army coming out of the wilderness just fresh off the boat crossing the Jordan into the the promised land and it's just like they'd never seen conflict. They're fresh off the boat, just handing me a sword. We're just filled with the teachings of Caleb and Joshua. All of the unbelief is dead in my bloodlines. We buried them back in the wilderness. It's not allowed to enter into the promised land. It's called their parents. What was fathering and mothering them in unbelief had died off. And now the faith generation, the promised land generation, came forth. And they had all their weapons. They had all their shields. Every, all the shields were oiled for war, anointed for war. Even Moses got in on the action and chopped some giants' heads off. And that was pretty fun. Amen? Amen. So all of the destroying of the Edomites in the world of every rung has already begun. And so the pioneers are going to pioneer, and the 60 million that come in are all be pioneers. You think Rebecca and I are pioneering. Yeah, we're pioneering of pioneers of pioneers of pioneers. Truth anyhow. What comes in after this is a people that will just obliterate Edom. And this cryptic, mystical terminology will become the language of all the overcomers because it's the language of the, of the angels. You will understand what Edom is. You'll understand what Esau is. It's everything that's outside the city gates of Israel. Outside the city gates, what are the gates called? The 12 tribes of Jacob. Everything that's outside of Israel is magic arts, sorcery, dog. What's a dog? A temple of sorcery. A dog is someone that wears a mask when they're outside in nature because they watch CNN. Okay, that's probably the best example I've ever seen. It's, you, you have people driving their cars with masks on. You see it around Minneapolis, especially in the Democrat. I was going to vote for a judge here in Minneapolis. I'm not getting political. I'm just I'm going to obliterate Edom inside the Democratic Party because it's so evil, demonic, and filled with Freemasonry. It needs to be exposed. I was going to vote for a judge in Hennepin County. So it's just interesting. Mail-in ballot because I'm moving to Florida. Let's see what they have. There was nine Democrat nine Democrats on the ballot. I looked at this thing. Zone 1, Zone 2, Zone 3. Three Democrats are each one. Demon, 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 demon. Nine demons. I said, I, you know what I did? I took that thing, I ripped it up and just threw it in the, in the trash. You know what my vote is? The monarchy of my father's kingdom. You guys are going to burn. 
you're going to burn. That's the truth anyhow. And are you Republican? Of course I'm a Republican. I'm anointing Donald Trump. Literally the essence of my spirit, the angel of Brandon Barthrop, is upon Donald Trump. Okay? And this, this is it. We don't want Edom running our cities, our counties, our states, or our federal government, or the 16 branches of the USA, the Pentagon, or anything, any aspect of existence. Edom is done. Edom, you're fired. That's what Donald Trump would say. Edom, you're fired. He doesn't have all the mystical prophetic terminology. He's a brand new Christian. His, his sins are forgiven, just like yours are. He's not a playboy in the locker room talking about girls anymore. He's talking about the Bible. He's talking about integrity. He's talking about holiness. He has been granted repentance unto life. Anyone that says otherwise is an accuser of the brethren. Listen, man, we need our anointed people that are sent into all aspects of society. These people out here that say, we don't mix church and state. You know who says that? Edom says that because they're afraid of the real Christians taking over the state. Why? Because they're a bunch of Edomite warlocks and sorcerers of hell. And they know you come in and just burn up their whole Freemason checkerboard and fought 400 years of Masonic trading on human souls is obliterated. Oh, too bad. You know, I mean, like, really? That's not democracy. That's sorcery. Big difference. We're not here to allow sorcery. We are here to allow a republic and democracy. And there will be freedom. And America will remain. And it will transition into righteousness. It's not just going to be obliterated like the goofball false prophets say down here. It's the end. It's the end. And you are an idiot. That's not how it works. God will never destroy in that manner. Stop agreeing with the accuser of the brethren that just wants to kill everyone. God wants to cleanse everyone. He wants to make new heavens and new earth. He wants to kill your familiars first and mature you in the prophetic so that you're not a false prophet. Amen. That's a big one, that you're not filled with the false prophet. You don't have to be a false prophet to be filled with the false prophet. You know the difference? The false prophet gets thrown in the lake of fire and your body, your clay mixed with iron still down here. You just lie less. Amen. You just lie less. So the false prophet gets torn out of you and you're humiliated. Just like 99% of the glory stream church that said Trump would win the last election and they had 50,000 books published and made $50 million selling their books about Trump's re-election. Every prophetic ministry had a Trump prophecy. I prophesied during the election that the Third Reich, the angel of the Third Reich was interfering from Germany. Later on, that's where the military found the, the electronic counting stations where it took 24 hours to count all the electronic votes, those were all in Germany, where they say it was a rigged election. I told you that while the election was going on, and they, no one gave me credit for it. It's still, it's just, they're more terrified than ever, and they hate us more than ever. That's the sign of the true prophetic. When they go out and buy a million of your books, that's the sign of the false prophetic, because you're in the Tower of Babel, and it's like about right and wrong, you know what I mean? Jenny's and Jambres, what right and wrong, and there's no actual wisdom. There's no Father's kingdom of righteousness obliterating a demonic system of Edomite sorcery. We're just down here working with the Edomites. We're going to take out Esau. You have zero chance in your pagan Christianity taking out Esau. You know that? I think we should have learned that lesson the last hundred years. I've watched everyone's strange fire and zeal 
begin to attack the wrongdoing in their culture and their nation, all of them have been obliterated. And you wonder why it just doesn't work. Well, you know what's going to work? Israel, Jacob, the sun, Tiferet, cosmic righteousness, stardom, moon righteousness, Joseph Yassad righteousness, Jacob's ladder, Israel's ladder righteousness. We've had everything outside the ladder of every rung. That's all hell. How about inside the ladder of Jacob, Jacob's ladder? Guys, that's all Mashiach's promised land. The kingdom age is the age of Israel. Anyone that says otherwise is a liar. Mm-hmm. What about all the Zionist racism, the Rothschilds of... I don't care what you say. And they'll all be cleansed. The Rothschilds be cleansed. Yeah, there's Freemason. Yeah, there's Zionism. There's Jewish racism. All human beings are liars and sinners. The sorcery be judged. You don't even need to stick your brain into all that stuff. You need to put your brain into the silver of the Word of God that your leadership of the apostles and prophets are training you in so you can make a dent against hell to have rewards in heaven by the damage you do to the demons. Amen. Stop being distracted. Start being revelated. See, revelation is the victory towards the distraction upon you. When the demon comes, he doesn't want you to engage in the Word. I've never had an opportunity to shift an atmosphere when the demon would come 100 million times the last 24 years I've been saved. He got saved October 15th, 1999, and the lightning and the audible voice of God paralyzed for two and a half hours downtown Minneapolis when four pastors carried me hand and foot into an office and drove demons out of me for two and a half hours. And I was just laying there in a lump of liquid lightning. They put me in a little space and the audible voice of God spoke over my head. That was my introduction to Christianity coming out of the occult. That was my first day, October 15th, 1999. So October 15th is my born-again birthday. Amen. And it's huge. Turning 24 in the Lord is a big deal in heaven with the angels, and He celebrates all of your birthdays as well. It's important. Not just your flesh birthday, but your spiritual birthdays, your water baptism birthdays. All this stuff is meaningful. The Father is a dad, and He's a proud dad. He'll put pictures of you in His office. He'll put pictures of you on his throne. He'll have memories of you inside the walls of his heart. And he'll look at them because that's how he is. He's a good father. Amen? He's the best father from whom all fatherhood derives. These fathers down here, they're proud. They'll put pictures of their kids in their wallets. They'll have all kinds of family portraits all over their houses. How much more your father in heaven. See, I don't think we know God very well. But that's the truth. Anyhow, you need to understand those times of remembrance are the most special things to Yarevave. Those are the most special things to him. The whole reason of him creating everything is so he could have those memories and make new ones with you today. That's the purpose for your creation and existence. Oh, man, that's some sweet stuff coming out of Joel's bar tonight. We're not not—we're used to doom and gloom and severity. It's always sweet, buckwheat. You just got to be in the Holy Ghost, man, and not in your demons. Amen. I tell you the truth, the word is always love. But when you're clinging to false love, it appears as hate because you're clinging to witchcraft. If you can just give it up all the human thought life, you know whose thought life you get? 
literal silver thought life. My thoughts become your thoughts, it is written. My ways become your ways, and they become highways of holiness. Isaiah 35, they shall walk where there is no unclean thing. What's an unclean thing? An unclean thought. Oh, hallelujah. You want to rise from the dead? You want to overcome the earth? You want to overcome the sky, the firmament? You want to stand on the moon? See, that should be everyone's goal at the sound of my voice. Whatever goal you have, I don't care what your profession is, that's not important. What's important that what your profession is and what your marketplace is, you're doing it with the goal and the aim to serve the Lord on the moon. You need to be marketplace on the moon ministries. You know, like what Frank Sinatra say, fly me to the moon. Just like that. A little worse. Amen. Okay, whatever. Haters. It says hater on my gold medallion. You know why? Hater of wickedness. Lover of righteousness. Therefore, God, my God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness and every word tonight to obliterate the demon spirit, to obliterate the foreskin, the veil over your eyes, and any area where you're hiding, where you're not certain if this word is good. Not so certain about even trusting me. You're going to have to trust me. God only works through clay. And the clay gets better and better and better at this point of sanctification 24 years later. If you can't walk with me as I walk with Christ, there's something seriously wrong with you. I've lived my life on the public stage faithful to the wildest prophetics of Ezekiel and Isaiah of this generation in the entire world. There's no more shocking prophetics done by any prophet in this generation besides Red Letter Ministries. That's true. No, let's just boast in the Lord and be a little crazy. But it's the truth anyhow. You've never seen persecution towards a prophetic ministry in this entire generation like what Red Letter Ministries has gone through. That doesn't even exist in the 1040 window. It doesn't. It's a different persecution. or It's a Neanderthal barbaric persecution. The persecution here in America where there's the, the thousands and thousands of religious Christians attacking you. You understand, nothing like this has ever happened before. This is a phenomenon. It should be mystical in your eyes what you're experiencing. And it's an honor to be a part of this. It is not something to be ashamed about. This is front lines warfare. And God does want you to be famous in heaven. Paul I know. Jesus I know. That means that they are totally famous in the kingdom of hell. Right? Seven sons of Sceva, book of Acts. Do you want to be famous? Billy the kid, I'll make you famous in hell. You'll be infamous. You'd be like Sonny, uh, Mike, what is his name? Monkey D. Luffy, infamous with a hundred million bounty on your head. But all you do is go around saving the world, taking up principalities. But everyone wants to attack you and kill you because you're a pirate. They don't like the form you came in, but you save them from everything, everywhere you go. And then the other people get credit for it. Isn't that good? One Piece anime, 18 seasons on Netflix. It's so prophetic because it's exactly like being on the front lines. You just going around beating up the enemy and all you get is a worse and worse reputation from the marine spirits, which are, which is Rome, the religious spirits, which are marine spirits. That's, 
that hundred thousand hordes of hell marching Christian under the urine of the religious demon that we face the last couple years, all of that are Roman spirits. Those are all the spirits of Samael. I mean, welcome to facing a king. You know what I mean? The king of Persia, forget all that. We're dealing with the king of Rome. This is Western civilization. If you are in Australia, New Zealand, Europe, or the Americas, this thing affects you every waking moment of your existence. This is the king of Rome. Okay, I'm not talking about the Pope. The Pope is just his beloved son, but he'll kill him and raise up another one. Another Pope. He'll do something other stupid or, or another Antichrist. The thing behind the Pope is what the king is. Okay, that's what we're at war against. I'm at war against Samael. Ask Archangel Michael, who throws Satan down, what we're at war against. He'll tell you, Samael, not Samuel, the judge, a wonderful man of God, the true prophetic. Samael, Samael, okay? That is Satan, the Satan that tempted Eve in the garden. That is what is causing the frustration in your thoughts, the strife in your relationships, why you're irritated with your spouse, why you're irritated, short-tempered with your children. Guys, that's always demons. If we can expose the evil one, then you guys will have the ammunition, ammunition to obliterate him and have perfect peace. And we war from a place of perfect peace. Jerusalem, city of perfect peace. Amen? Soon the God of Jerusalem will crush Satan under feet. Right? Romans 16, 20. Well, what is the God of Jerusalem? The king in Jerusalem is Jesus Christ, the Messiah of Israel. If you're not coming from that place, you're not in the perfect peace, which means there's no crushing of Samael under feet. You're in trouble. You're going to have emotions. You're going to be wondering why snakes are hanging off the back of your head, why you're always hungry for hot dogs and not the Bible, why you're always hungry for money and distracted, why your eyes are full of adultery and you can never break free from pornography and you're just a screwed up mess all the time. Why? You know why? You don't even know what you're at war against. You're confused and you're not facing your enemies head on. When we tell you to curse your poverty spirits, to curse your religious spirits, to curse your Roman spirits, and to curse your familiars, we're telling you that because if you don't, you will lose to the demon. We don't want spiritual losers. We want spiritual winners. And guys... Spiritual winners usually come about from losing so much. Okay? The biggest winners were often the biggest losers. And anyone who has a true testimony in Christ has that testimony. You have Peter in the Gospels being called Satan by Jesus. That's written in the eternal gospel. That's a little embarrassing. Get behind me, Satan. You have not the things of God in mind, but of man. I'm like, All right, so Peter being called Satan is in the eternal gospel. They'll be talking about that with the angels in heaven forever. Yep, but it'll be in joy. It'll be around the best wine saved for last. I mean, and there's all kinds of stuff like that. And Paul had some serious wisdom. He progressively revealed his sinful nature, the clay, the weakness of his clay, and his dependency on Christ, so there'd be less of that towards Paul, even though Paul is mentioned in Acts as one of the most humiliating things you ever read, of how he killed Stephen with a glowing face. That's marked in the eternal gospel forever. Think about that. I mean, there's no shame or humiliation amongst Paul now 
but it's written in the Word, so it'll be talked about amongst the heavenly Sanhedrin forever. How you were on the enemy's side for a long time, and you did a lot of horrible things. And so that's a real testimony. It's not like it goes away and don't bring up my past, but when I do bring it up, it's healed because I'm washed, I'm repented, I'm in a different world, I'm with different angels now, I'm not with the demons anymore. When you're with the demons, you're still offended, you're still, you know, covering your past, you don't want anyone to really know you, you leave Joel's bar right away, don't talk to me, don't get to know me, there's, there's no revealing of the heart, there's no communication heart to heart in the community, everyone's just caught up on themselves, and, and that's, you know, immaturity, and that's where everyone's at, everyone's in a place of immaturity, the pastor is the same way. I watch the pastors, they're always guarding, they want they have an image to protect, otherwise their church should be closed down and you know they can't pay the electric bill. So there's always something to protect, some dignity. So Nicodemus is always coming to Messiah secretly at night. Why? So he doesn't have to quit his day job through total humiliation. Well, these Galilean fishermen came to him at, in daylight. You know what that means? Complete and total, total public ridicule public humiliation for years they said man these guys are the most brainwashed idiots look at the following this cult leader jesus five thousand people and jesus say eat my flesh drink my blood which is what the pagans were doing just five miles away from where he said that and they're like all offended okay now they're getting into canaanite paganism now we know this is a false messiah it was just a couple kilometers away And they were practicing human sacrifice, drinking human blood, and eating human flesh. So when Jesus says, eat my flesh, drink my blood, it's not like today in the convenience of your Bible studies. It's practical front lines where everyone in that culture understood it as Canaanite paganism. And now he looks like the biggest false prophet in the entire world. Hello? Let's just make it real. It's easy to just study in the convenience of your home. and there's. But how about something where it's like, dude, you're practically in Scientology when you go to Joel's bar. You know, you're in a cult, following a cult leader. It's cult, uh, leader worship. You know, make it very, very practical for the, the daily accusations that are accrued at anyone that walks with Christ. Hello? And what did they say? Where else are we going to go? We walked with you in daylight. Hello? What did he say? One of you is not in daylight. One of you is a devil. That's what he said. He said, yeah, 11 of you did come to me in daylight. One of you, even though you came during the day, you came in the black sun. You came in the black moon. You have a black heart. One of you is a devil. That's what he said. John 6, it is written. Because they wanted to say, well, now, you know, we are really, we have the means and the humiliation, the the actual repentance through humiliation for God the Father to put angelic government on us. Because it wasn't just about the humiliation of being associated with Jesus of Nazareth. It was now, before the angels, these men were worthy to receive angelic government. And that's what you're being judged with right now and in the past months and in the future. To see before the angels of the heavenly Sanhedrin and the archangels that bring all reports back to God's throne, all the watcher angels of the holy kingdom of God that stand on their posts in heaven watching everything you do all the time to see if you are worthy to have government rest on you. 
of the increase of his government, there shall be no end, which means he wants to put some government on it. What's government? The glory power. Power, authority, dominion, might. All that glory. The power of his glory. The might and the energy of his heavenly glory. The kingdom of my Father. Their faces shining with so much glory that they have authority over all nations, tribes, and tongues. Right? Revelation 7 says that. Who are these multitude that come out of the great tribulation? These are those who have made their garments white. Now they are around the throne of the Lamb and the throne of the Lamb's elders. Now they're around the apostles and prophets, the mouthpiece of the throne of Jesus Christ, those who cooperate with the holy angels the most perfectly, and now the nations are drawn to the Lamb. Amen? That's what's going to happen. So now what's being chosen out here is to see who wants to be chosen. Who will be humiliated? Who doesn't care anymore what they're what their neighbor thinks, what their family thinks. I mean, Jesus had to tell his family that they weren't even his family anymore. You think you won't have to either? Who is my mother, my brother, and my sisters, they who do the will of my Father in heaven? It's not about being rude to your family. It's about association with the heavenly angelic family of God. And that stuff under the sun wants to be a blood-sucking vampire and to associate you with the realm of the dead. For if you choose to live a life under the sun, you forfeit your angelic birthright of the birthright of the firstborn of Israel, Jesus Christ, the Mashiach. So the demons are testing you. Will you associate with under the sun dead human beings, letting the dead bury the dead, letting the blind lead the blind, everything under the sun, blindness and death, Scripture says. Or will you associate with the controversial stuff above the sun, but be chosen with the angels? You know, the time will come where every knee will bow, every tongue will confess in the manifesting sons of God over every nation. Jesus Christ is seated in heaven unto the restoration of all things, Acts 3.21. What's the restoration of all things? Well, it's your calling on your life in this Joel's army generation. And you have a calling, you're in training. The, my dullness is it took 23 years to get to the moon, to get to the sun, in the radical Elijah prophetic glory stream ministry from 99 to 2022. And... Right around August and September of 2022, I ascended. Three months before that, Enoch's door appeared here at the crack house where we broadcast in North Minneapolis. And Enoch's door appeared at my penthouse on Lake Calhoun. And so I had the door below, a white silhouette of a door below, and the door above. It was Sandophon and Elijah, the two witnesses of the Sephirot, that the Kabbalah circles of the ancient path of First Enoch were going to open up for me, and the angel came and showed me those doors in an open vision three months before I stepped into them. I talked about them for a while. I even preached about them at Joel's Bar. I didn't go through them. I didn't know how to go through them. I do now. We're teaching on it now. We're one year deep into actual righteousness that requires the permission of the Father Himself. Now, the permission of the Father is the angels ascending and descending from the Father upon you. It's not just you and dad. That's not how the kingdom works. It's a kingdom. Okay? When it says kingdom, that means myriads of angels. It's not just you and God. That's Christian insanity. You and your personal relationship with Jesus Christ can be thrown in the lake of fire. You're insane. That, that is paganism. That's not biblical Christianity. This 
independent, stubborn, my personal relationship with Jesus, you don't have involvement in my life. Well, you're not in the kingdom, Buckwheat. You're not even a Christian. What you are, you're growing in witchcraft rebellion against the kingdom of myriads. You have not come to Sinai. You have come to Holy Mount Zion, city of myriads of angels. Thank you, Spider. He likes that word. That's good. You need to hear that because a lot of you are stubborn. A lot of you are stubborn in your inner man and you think that you have an individual right with Jesus. You are the epitome of the Laodicean church. You are anti-kingdom to the bone. You need to repent and get right and join the kingdom. You need to be in kingdom company and all of your individual crap needs to burn in a manure pile. You're insane. That path will lead to destruction. We need to come into the corporate body of Christ where everything in our hearts is constantly judged by the blood of Jesus Christ flowing through the one body of Christ. And if you don't let his blood that speaks a better word judge the, th- the stuff hidden in your heart, well, you're like those that crossed the Jordan that started hoarding into their own tent. Their whole tent and their man, woman, and child was taken outside the camp and they were stoned to death. You'll stone yourselves to death. We don't need to stone you to death in the new covenant. The demons would do that gladly because you're choosing the devil every time you choose rebellion in your heart. The demons will beat the hell out of you. They'll have no mercy on you. You are choosing your school. You can have the school of Enoch. You can have the school of the Apostle Paul. You can have the school of the 12 tribes of Israel. You can have the school of the myriads of holy angels. Or you can have the school outside the city gates, the school of hard knocks, that might kill you. You're not guaranteed to finish that school. Most don't. Most get distracted, they get pulled farther, they're just going to nightclubs now, they're casual sipping saints, they drink alcohol all the time, they're lukewarm, they're as dead as dead gets, their hearts are so calloused, even if Jesus Christ showed up to them, it wouldn't even help them. Truth in yeah. Even if Enoch Metatron came down in full angelic form, little Yarivave, it wouldn't even help them. They'd be like, oh no, I'm not interested. I was already in the glory, I was in the drunken glory. You don't know what you're talking about, Metatron. You're religious. Take your righteousness out there. I just heard from the glory stream that my righteousness is already perfect in Jesus. I don't even need to grow anymore. And that's the kind of crap they're teaching out there nowadays. Some false love garbage from hell. But we know it's going to burn in a manure pile. Amen? Amen, Aromi. I'm excited for the fire burning up the human beings. I'm not excited for the fire of judgment because that's not the fire coming. It'll be the fire of the Word of God coming. It'll clean up all of your individual stubbornness and interpretation and self-willed attitude and rebellion and lust and everything. You have an idea in your brain of what God is. All those idols will melt down. Just like Moses on the mountain, he came down and he found him worshiping idols. He was pissed, wasn't he? He was fuming, okay? But he was fuming with the glory. (laughs) It was a different kind of piss. Remember, he was the intercessor, lover of Israel. God said, let's wipe him out and start over with you. Just you and Sipporah, you have your own nation. That's what he said. Jesus Christ said that to Moses. Moses said, no, yes, they're a stiff-necked and stubborn people, but let's save them. He's the greatest intercessor of all time, Moses. Mm -hmm. Why? Because in many ways he died for his people and the people were set to be obliterated because they were just 
undeserving in every way. They did the wrong thing. They'd worship every other God. They disobeyed everything he said. Moses covered the people and through their posterity raised up Israel today. They will be re-engrafted into Messiah. And it'll be all Israel will be saved. All Israel will reign. This is the, the messianic kingdom of Israel. That's what the kingdom age is. It's the messianic age of Israel. The days of Esau are coming to an end. The days of Rome and the principalities, powers, thrones, dominions, spirits of wickedness of all ten worlds of the rungs of the Satans and the sorcerers and the dogs and the lovers of the lie, they're all coming to an end. And now will begin those who rise from the dead, the kingdom of Israel, which is the kingdom age of Messiah and those who rise. So basically all of heaven is waiting for you to respond in your hearts and minds with the appropriate response of repentance, which requires shame and humiliation. If there is no shame and humiliation, there's no forgiveness of sin. I don't care what you say, you're a liar. I have never found in my life my my sins obliterated except through shame and humiliation. But a shame and humiliation that's a true brokenness of healing that allowed Christ to increase through me. See, because when people start making excuses, but, 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 I mean, I've listened to half these people make excuses so many thousands of times trying to cover their mistakes. I know your sins are not forgiven. You are just a total liar. You know, you are full of pride. You resist actual repentance. Actual repentance, 100% of the time, requires shame and humiliation. You guys are out here trying to hold it together in the eyes of human beings, thinking, well, it's important what Brandon thinks. Well, what I think is what God thinks. And I'll tell you what God thinks. You need shame and humiliation. I tell you every day what God thinks. Now we just need some people to practice it and and really get broken and really get healed and really begin to serve one another and come together as a healthy, holy community of saints that can work together on the front lines. It's really broken right now. And I can't say that the situation here in Minneapolis is good. It's, it's about as pathetic as I've ever seen. And honestly, I, I would say let's just close everything down and terminate it. And I'll just broadcast with nobody here. And that'd be 10 times easier for me. I'm telling you the truth now. You're not helping me. I mean, it's wonderful, the tithing and the support, the increase of RLM TV. But having you present here does not help the message. It usually makes preaching a thousand times harder because there's so little sanctification in your blood. So you come in here with foreskins hanging off of your arms, your foreheads, your eyeballs, and all your senses as a mess of Esau, and it's like, expect me to preach into this mess? That's not my job. That's not my calling. You clean up your own mess. You sanctify yourselves, buckwheats. That's what the Bible says. Sanctify yourself. You be holy as your Father in heaven is holy. That's not our job. You don't pay me enough. You don't. Counselors make $150 an hour dealing with people less messed up than you guys. Awfully quiet in there. Somebody, you need to look inside your own heart and say truth anyhow and get real. Because it's true. The issue is, yep, I still care about your souls. We're not closing it down. But it's time to really get serious about what we're talking about tonight and stop messing around. Stop letting Rome influence your thought life, your emotional life. When you read the word, even if it's a half hour, 
Read the word effectively. When you pray, pray fervently. Understand how you pray. Pray with humiliation. Pray with uh, repentance. Pray out of the brokenness of your heart. Pray with sincerity. Don't pray all the selfishness of holding the human being together like an Edomite warlock of paganism. Don't be a false brethren. Don't be a false Christian. God wants His people to be broken and healed through repentance. Okay, The message of John the Baptist was a message of repentance. Repentance, I've studied it out. Every time in the New Testament it says repent. If you study it out in Greek, it means change your inner man to agree with God's will. I know everyone says that repentance means something else, but it's changing. In the Amplified Classic, that's what it means in Greek. Changing your inner invisible man, your spirit man, to agree with God's will. So if your heart is repented, you know what your heart is? Silver glory. So I'm, it's a different atmosphere when the heart is repented, when the brain is repented, when the bones and marrow are repented. When they are repented, you know what's coming out of you? Only pure glory Shekinah of Jesus Christ. He's the king of glory, the king of light. You're the children of light. Walk in the light. God is light in him. There is no darkness at all. If you're in God, that means you're in a being that has no darkness. Why is there darkness in you? Why is the demonic influence? Well, I guess you don't really know how to fight and deal with your own filth yet. Like animals, we need to learn how to wash ourselves. When I go to the Word, I go as an animal that needs to die. Okay? If you are not going to the Word as a dead, stinky, glue-covered, filthy, rotten, maggot-infested animal that looks like something you pulled out of a gutter that you need to put a bullet in its head to put it out of its misery, you're not actually going to the Word to engage in Torah. You're going, oh, I'm good, doing good. Oh, this word's really going to puff me up today. I'm going to come out here boasting, looking like I'm better than you. I'll have self-righteousness that will make my father, Samael of Rome, proud. And you start to work in hell's system, and you wonder why people are so screwed up. Because they do that crap and become false brethren by systematic annihilation through the sorceries of Babylon the Great. We don't tolerate that at all. That's why we have so many enemies. You want to go join hell, you just declared war against me. And you will lose. You will not be victorious. You will go down. You will burn. Our Torah is a sword from the Garden of Eden that flashes through the sun and the moon through all nations on earth, and you cannot avoid it. Not on our watch. I will not tolerate rebellion I will not tolerate stubbornness or sorcery. The time of Edom is over. I've been instructed as a prophet from God to destroy and end Esau's reign over the nations and bring about the beginning of Israel's reign. That's my job, and I'm doing it. And if you get in the way, you will find yourselves fighting God. This is not options. This is how much do I want to participate in the armies of the living God? How much do I want to be a part of what the Holy Spirit has anointed in my generation? Am I going to be a part of something bigger than myself? Am I going to be a part of the apostolic? Am I going to be a part of Torah, the ancient 
Torah scrolls that help, that hold the sun and the moon and the stars together before I was even born? Am I going to go into the ancient past, get over my pride, get over my poverty, get over my envy, get over my strife, get over my humanity, and get into the angel-like children of the resurrection? Amen? Am I going to deal with my junk and just get right with God, be broken before Him, humiliated in my humanity, and allow Christ to increase in me through my brokenness. Mary of Bethany, she was so broken, she was willing to die with Him at the cross. You know that? She's the one that poured the sacred nard on Jesus Christ's head, Mary of Bethany in the Bible. This woman gave all her house to adorn me. Of this worship, it will be mentioned of all generations, Jesus Christ, red letters. This woman was so committed, so rich. You know, rich people can enter the kingdom of heaven. Look at Mary of Bethany. She poured out $55,000 on an ugly Jew's head. And Judas is scared. It's like, man, we should have given that to the Kenyan orphans. Don't you see that what's going on in the third world nations? Well, it hits a little too close to home, huh? Haven't you seen these Mexicans? Dirt floors, Buckwheat. No, God, Buckwheat. I'm going to pour my riches on God because the Bible instructs in Torah that the sacred donations must go into the gold plate of Holy to Yadavave on Aaron's forehead. You're a demon. You're a poverty demon from hell. The Lord rebuke you. Poverty demon from hell, in Jesus' name. I must serve the Lord. Amen. We're going to serve the Lord in His rich treasury of glory, in His treasure house. All the silver of wisdom, all the gold of purity belongs to Yarevave, with no greed and no covetousness. We're going to get into the heavens and obliterate and end world poverty. The issue is we got to end Rome first in the Christians' hearts, these people are more in covenant with Samael than they are with Jesus Christ right now. That's true. The charismatic church is more in covenant with Samael of Rome. Mostly in ignorance, but you tell them the truth like this, shine this broadcast in, in their eyeballs, they'll freak out. They'll go crazy. Every single day these people go crazy. And they all say they're leaders of some kind of ministry or church from somewhere around the world. We've dealt with Tens of thousands of these people. The issue is, you need to get burnt up. You need to get broken. You need to get humiliated. You have not become undignified. You don't know how to operate in the anointing. You don't live in the river. It's time to become disciples of the kingdom above the sun. My Father's kingdom is above the sun. Your Christianity under the sun is loyalty to hell. I'll tell you that one more time. Write that one down in the comments. Your don't say mine because that, that's too humiliating, but to say your, like someone else. Your Christianity under the sun is loyalty to hell. Why? Because it's true. You did not make a covenant with a God under the sun. Vanity, vanity, chasing after wind, everything meaningless, says the teacher under the sun. You made a blood covenant with the God above the sun who made the sun, moon, and stars in Genesis 1. Come on. We need a heavenly reality of Christianity that does not exist today, and we need it based on Tanakh. 
These ascension groups are an abomination of the fallen angels. I'll just tell you right now. The things that some of these fake mystics are doing over in Europe and over in New Zealand, and they call themselves ascenders and translators and mystics. And those are, I tell you what, may, God might forgive you because he, he likes how crazy and wild people are sometimes. But if you don't repent of some of that fallen angel nonsense, you're going to be destroyed. These people are saying that they can now save principalities. They started off ascension groups, and now they're preaching the salvation of fallen angels. The fallen angels wanted to hear my gospel when I ascended in my group up into outer space. You know, they're saying this, and they're getting 100,000 watchers and viewers on their YouTube channel. That's how crazy it is out there. You guys don't even know about this stuff. It's messed up. They're trying to send me these people's videos. Like, do you, do you realize how f- this person's basically with the fallen angels in the clippeth? You want me to watch this crap? And then they're like, well, why did you block me? Because this is why I blocked you. You're sending me people that are ascending and saving fallen angels. You're an idiot. If I allowed you in this group, if I allowed you in Red Letter Ministries, you would pollute everyone because you're a lying servant of demons. A good shepherd protects people from wolves like you that are teaching ascension groups to go hang out with fallen angels and preach to fallen angels. How stupid can you get and still breathe? There is no salvation. This is ancient history. Michael and First Enoch, that's like 5,000 years ago, astonished at the judgment of the fallen angels. 5,000 years later, well, I guess Michael was wrong. I guess all the archangels were wrong. Now, in my Christianity, we can save the clippeth. Those principalities, you know what they want to do. They're just glad that you're there so they can incarcerate you in some membrane of deception that's so deceiving that your whole audience gets demonized when they watch your shows. That's what happens. I want to show this Akiana picture real quick. Those membranes right there is where you go in your ascension groups. The stairway, the center, is the narrow path. That's cosmic righteousness. I'll zoom in. Some people are like... I don't know about this. Well, you know this is Akiena. Everyone knows Akiena is not lying to you. It's an innocent little girl. Zero persecution. They might manifest over her painting prices with her poverty spirits, but they still they accept her as hearing from God in every charismatic church in the world. But let me explain Akiena because she doesn't even know what she's painting. And she admits that. Those membranes off to the side are your ascension groups where they say you can save the fallen angels. That's where you get the universalism. See, the center, that's the stairway. That's Jacob's ladder. Okay, The top of that uh, mountain right there, that's the top of Malkut. That's the mountain of transfiguration. All of you will ascend that point in your walk if you are to live in the kingdom of the Father. You will ascend all the rungs of the earth and you go to the top of that mountain And if the Father says your circumcisions of mineral, plant, animal, and human being are acceptable, you'll have to show them to angels. The angels will go to the Father. They'll show them the data and the report. Then the Father will make a decision if you can go off the top of that mountain onto the stairway. That's how it works. That's why Hebrews 6 says God must give you permission to go beyond the elementary teachings into righteousness. That permission is given by the Father directly from the angels that will show him all of your records. Okay? The circumcisions will deal with the bad stuff, so that won't be on there. They'll say, look, he is serious. 
He's got the circumcision of mineral, got the circumcision of plant, he's got the circumcision of animal, he's got his emotions under a check. When he's tempted by the king of Rome, he doesn't even raise his voice to his wife anymore. He's not mean to the, the cat. He's even gentle when the cat uh, you know, claws up the furniture. When, he, when they run over a nail on the freeway, he's not curs- cussing and saying, uh, Yare vave it. It. No one ever said that in the history of the world, but I'm, that's a new one. <laughs> or like, dom it. Whatever. But they really have their life in order of righteousness, and they're serious. And then you might not get permission right away because you come in thinking you deserved it because you checked a bunch of boxes. Angel come back and punch you in the head really hard. And it'll knock you out, and you need you need it, and that angelic punch to the face will be a great help for you because you're still full of pride, and then you get up again and be like, man, it's called being slain in the spirit. Yea, though he slay me, yet will I praise him. It is written, and yet get your first slaying. You might get up speaking in tongues for the first time. Amen. As soon as you get some of these circumcisions. There's no way you could have the circumcisions of the heart and not have all the gifts of the Spirit in operation. I'll just tell you that right away. Holy Spirit sent out in all the earth. So as you get these circumcisions, words of knowledge, all words of wisdom, all the eight gifts of the Spirit of 1 Corinthians 14 will just flow out of you like rivers. Because what you're cutting away is the blockages of the river of the Holy Spirit of John 7:38. So that is elementary stuff. The baptisms are elementary Hebrews 6, it is written. And so when you have all of that, all of the pinnacle of the glory stream of the charismatic and the Pentecostal of the last 2,000 years worked out from the angelic kingdom inside your hearts, then you're on the top of this mountain. That doesn't need to take 40 years. You could probably do it in 11 days, right? Because it's working with God's time. That's not a huge uh, 13-year doctorate, although it will be more than 13 years. You're starting your eternal years. You've already started eternity. So have an eternal mindset. But God can do these things very quickly in you and very thoroughly in you and very perfectly in you, and it doesn't need to take you months. It doesn't. Um, This can be very, very fast. In the future, people will receive this teaching and message much quicker than this first group because the first ones have it the hardest because no one's ever done it before, and we're just coming out of the grossest darkness of the Tower of Jezebel of all time. But we're making progress. We are winning. And it'll be good. So now that we're on the top of the mountain, God gives permission. Enoch's door opens. There will be signs and wonders. You'll have a purity of heart and mind to hear clearly the holy angels. There will be no offense over the testing of spirit and the testing of angels around you. Um, You're a soldier now. Why? Because a lot of the wickedness of your base nature is obliterated out of your heart and mind and bone just to be standing with Jesus on the top of the mountain. You're not standing with Jesus on the top of the mountain like Peter, James, and John. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. That was before the Holy Spirit was poured out. You're standing on the top of the mountain with Elijah and Moses, you know, as a Christian in Christ. Hello? Body of Christ? Well, that's true. So it's a totally different manifestation than you just reading Matthew and saying, well, I'm up here like Peter, James, and John. No, 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 not at all. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. 
The Bible says they had not yet received the Holy Spirit. When you have the Holy Spirit, that manifestation of there is you standing on the mountain as Jesus. As Jesus Christ, the crucified one. And if you're not there as Jesus, as his body, well, you're a demon and will be thrown down anyway. So go, go back down and deal with where your heart's at and be accurate and deal with your junk. And get real, get right, get humiliated, get shamed and get repented and get forgiven and washed and get broken like Mary of Bethany and built up at the cross. She's right there at the cross because she had literally poured out her entire heart, mind, soul, and house. And she wasn't like these other fake ones that pretend to give sacrifices, and but they're still withholding the best part for themselves. Don't even sit there and think you're a disciple. I mean, you're barely even saved. You don't even have one foreskin on your heart. You don't have one foreskin of your heart removed yet as Christians. Okay? Be accurate with yourself. Don't don't deceive yourselves. The best thing you could do is be accurate with yourself before the Holy Spirit as angels. And it might be humiliating because other men and women understand the process thoroughly because we've been through it for 24 years. There's no shortcuts. There's no skipping around. There's no other paths to God. Okay? One narrow path. It's Elijah or die. Okay, And if you don't take Elijah to the mountain, you've rejected God's word. You've rejected the school of God. You've rejected the river of God. You've rejected the circumcisions of all the possibility of overcoming the earth. Elijah is the only potential possibility you have of ascension and resurrection. In every Jewish circumcision for the last 4,000 years, 2,400 years or so, it's been a very long time, many thousands of years, they'll have a seat for Elijah in the circumcision. Elijah was a man like us that lived around the time of Israel. It was like 575 B.C., 550 B.C., so it is 25, 26, but he represents the prophet of God. So the spirit of Elijah or the spirit of prophecy predated the man Elijah. Elijah was the beginning of the the personifying of the prophet nature of the father because your father is a great prophet. He's an inspired preacher. He'll be preaching at you for eternity. He'll be telling stories. He'll be inspired forever. And the 24 elders too. So if you don't like preaching, you won't like heaven. If you don't like teaching, you won't ever. It's preaching, teaching, but it's lit with glory. It's lit with joy. It's always revival. There's no greater revival than heavenly Jerusalem. Okay, the the never-ending revival of the kingdom age is based on the activity of righteous men made perfect living inside the walls of heavenly Jerusalem. Pretty simple stuff. Then their Torah scrolls come down through the stars, the path of lightnings, their Torah scrolls of all that jubilee that we share up here, all that comradeship, all that fellowship comes out the gates and it comes right down. It consumes Esau, obliterates, makes new heavens, makes new earth, destroys all the works of the devil And it rains from the sun and the moon, and we don't even come down. We continue to celebrate eternal jubilee. Okay, that's how it works. It's already begun. The marriage supper of the Lamb is not for a certain time. It's for a certain elevation of your rising. Marriage supper of the Lamb written 2,000 years ago. These people under the sun are like, "It's it's not a certain time. It is a realm of God. It's a glory realm that you ascend to when you walk with him. He's already in Jerusalem. The Bible says he's already enthroned at the right hand of God, fully glorified. As soon as you ascend to that realm, I think you're in revival. Start living the eternal life. 
So our job as apostles and prophets is to make that path so clear before you that everyone that wants to go into that realm can. And the ones that begin to count the costs and, you know, they are not really sure. A lot of people come and they'll stand at the banks of the river for a long time. I'm not really sure if I want to join this wild man, John the Baptist. I'm better off being a part of the synagogue system, the old church club, the old boys club. It's where I have consistent money and people and handouts. You know you're going to have coffee and donuts every Sunday morning, free child care, right? You know you're going to have that consistent building system of human beings because it's the man's traditions are very predictable. We don't know about the traditions of this guy, Elijah, here, this John the Baptist figure. He doesn't seem to have any traditions at all. So the traditions in the temple were predictable. So a lot of people in the days of John the Baptist, 2,000 years ago, who made straight the way of Messiah, the spirit of Elijah, they wanted part of the predictability. Today that corresponds to having the predictability of Tower of Babel, Babylon the Great. That working system, that investment system, that 401k system, that, ec- that economic system, that military system, that religious system. All those systems that were built up in Esau, sorcery, Freemasonry, we want that consistency. We want that tradition. So a lot of Christians are actually in love with the tradition of Esau. They, don't, they won't call it that, but that's what it is. When you make a covenant and a contract with settling under the sun, it is always with the realm of the dead. Even though part of you is alive, that's why scripture says in Daniel 7, clay mixed with iron. Iron mixed with clay. Which, iron is the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of heaven. Clay is the human being. <laughs> the worthless dying vessel born a lump of clay. Needing to be clay in the potter's hands otherwise it's a vessel for nothing good only demons and hell and sin and just terrible ideas and wrongdoing constantly but there's a mixture of iron amen well guess what the mixture is going away and the iron is going to be turned to silver which is wisdom so the rome that we have right now and the samuel that we have right now this front lines battle that we're at right now, that all of you just even associated with Red Letter Ministries, you're in the battle just because you're around. You'll be touched by it just because you're associated with us. And you know how real that is. They'll try to touch every area of your life until you become really powerful soldiers. And instead of them touching you in any area, you just obliterate them. And this is how Dread Champions are formed through conflict, warfare, confrontation, confrontation with demons, all kinds of things that pull you out of your comfort zone. This is the mantling of Elijah. Elijah is the confrontation with hell. He stood up there and said, bring me your best and your worst on Mount Carmel. And they did. 450 prophets of Baal, 450 prophets of Asherah. There's all kinds of other prophets and witches and warlocks doing every other dumb thing around too and they were there too and their families and i've reserved for myself a remnant in israel that hasn't bowed their knees to the Baals, the canaanite gods of the phoenicians that needed human sacrifice that canaanite paganism that jezebel and ahab had brought in that elijah was confronting in his day the reason why the embodiment of the prophetic was destined predestined foreordained for elijah to always be that sandal fun of the connection of earth 
to Yesod, Joseph the righteous in the moon, to those that overcome the earth, is because it was the embodiment of the confrontation with Jezebel and Ahab, fallen angels, and God's prophetic nature. And that lineage has carried down till right now. So you are a part of the Elijah lineage when you are confronting the spiritual enemies of your day. Amen? Nothing better to do with your life anyway. If you don't confront them, they just possess you and oppress you, and you're not probably not going to go to heaven. <laughs> Even people that go to Christian church have spiritual warfare and hate the devil. Amen? Because the devil is a liar. And we say, not today, Satan. But they're still churchy Christians, right? Extremely religious, churchy Christians hate the devil. Therefore, they have rewards in heaven to the measure they hate wickedness. They're going to heaven. They love Jesus. They love God. They love the Bible. They love the Holy Spirit. They love the holy angels. They have some, some things of God in their midst. That's why it's iron mixed with clay. We're going to remove the mixture. We're going to take that iron, we're going to temper it. Iron is used to make one thing, swords. The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. The mixture with the clay is your human mixture. That's your human interpretation, your human ideas about God, your human interpretation of prophecy, your human interpretation of Red Letter Ministries. It's clay. It's absolute garbage. It needs to burn. Iron is when you start to get it. When it starts to be turned into the circling sword. The circling sword of the Father? No. Your circling sword. A different sword. A different soldier. He wants many soldiers in this Joel's army. That circling sword of the Garden of Eden is the Father's sword. That's Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Father's sword. What is your sword? The measure of Jesus' word you have working the glory of God through your souls. Working the light and the will of the Father through your spirit. If you want your sword to grow, and it must, going from glory to glory is your sword also increasing in its power, in action, in conflict, in confrontation with sin, sinners, dogs, sorcerers, bloodlines, human beings, animals, even minerals and plants. You'll have confrontation with plants. You have confrontation with weather, weather patterns, weathering systems. You have confrontation with air. You have confrontation literally with every single thing in the whole universe all the time. Your sword get big, big enough and it'd be just like a whole heavenly Jerusalem around you above and below. Now you live in perfect peace. Why? Because you battled so much using the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. And you just cut all that crap down, burn it up. It's like chopping through a jungle with a machete using the word to make a perimeter first in your heart because you got to carve your heart out like a cornucopia on Thanksgiving. You got to be like that pumpkin carving contest person that is carving out the heart to win the contest. If you leave any part of your heart uncarved, forget about it. The demon will own you. You'll never grow in Christ. You've You've settled for a foreskin. Anyone that turns back is not worthy of me. It's all or nothing with Jesus. At any point that you say no to the cutting away of a foreskin, that is what will kill you and age you, and that's what will be the last breath on your, your dying deathbed. Truth anyhow, that's how people die. They didn't allow that stuff to be obliterated. They didn't allow death to be cut out of their hearts. 
If you want death to be swallowed up in victory, you're going to have to do it with your swords. This isn't some pie-in-the-sky fantasy Christianity. Sanctify your own hearts. Sanctify your own minds. Deal with your own foreskins and membranes. Get real, get broken, get humiliated, get shamed, because the foreskin is all shame. The membrane is all shame. And foreskin deals with the invisible person of the heart. Everyone is born with ten worlds of Esau on their spirit, soul, mind, and flesh. Born with original sin. Cannot be avoided. Now, if you cut it off by making a decision for Jesus Christ, by hearing righteousness, by hearing, listening, and believing the word, and you make a decision for Christ, and you allow him to come into your heart and to begin to attack the curse of the fall out of your hearts and your minds, now you can grow. Now you're circumcised the eighth day. Perfection is you begin to attack your own heart foreskins right after you, be, right after you begin believing in Jesus Christ. Woo-wee! Jezebel wants you to never attack the foreskin your entire Christian lives. That's why it's all false love out here. That's why so many, so many of you think the false love is Jesus, but it's Satan. And you just practice Satan continuously in ignorance. You're just literally completely wrong all the time because you don't understand circumcision the eighth day. That means right after you're converted, you begin to go to war against Esau, the foreskins and the membranes in your own heart. You don't waste any time. And eight days is figurative. It's for wisdom. It means new beginning. You can do it that same day. In fact, a person can listen to me today, begin to believe in Jesus, ask the Lord Jesus Christ into their heart, and have circumcisions done in their heart by signing up to be monthly partners and tithers, getting the mineral level circumcision in their heart immediately. I want to be saved. Tell me how I can be saved. You'll need the circumcision of the mineral, which means give God your finances and control of your pocketbook and your bank account and your money. If you can't do that, just forget everything else. You've already said no to him. You already hardened your heart unto death. Don't think it's free. If you are not willing to give cheerful offerings of finances and sacrificial in the best of your house and your money to God, you are not worthy of even the first circumcision after you're saved. And those people will often immediately harden their hearts and love money and go serve the devil and become Jezebel's henchmen. A Jezebel henchman is someone who gets born again and then says no to God in their heart and then goes and serves selfishness and selfish Christianity and becomes the enemy of the cross after believing in Jesus. Most people do that. Because the human nature is pure evil. Today, we want people to choose righteousness. We want people to choose wisdom and holiness. We don't want people to become enemies of the flashing sword of the Garden of Eden, Jesus Christ. But friends, and you're his friends and his allies, if you're allowing obedience from the heart, the things that he believes and does, to pass through you and become you the Word made flesh. If you are resisting to any area where the sword wants to cut away the old, just understand today you are choosing Satan. You are choosing the devil, making a conscious, willing choice to be in contract with the realm of the dead. So my hands are clean of all of you. There will be no lamenting over your souls. 
But those that choose righteousness and the circling sword of circumcision, there will be great rejoicing all the victories of your circumcisions and obediences to God's commandments. If you love me, red letters, you will obey my commandments. You say you love me, but you don't allow the sword to cut away. There's no, there's no tenderness there. There's no silver heart, no silver brain. It's just a human heart and human brain. You don't love me at all. You're a human liar. If the sword cuts out the human being and the heart turns silver with wisdom and the brain turns silver with wisdom, that's the evidence that you love Jesus Christ. And you are not a liar and a pretender, nor a play actor, nor a hypocrite, but you are real. And that realness is all the Father asks of us, no matter how immature or mature we are. And that never changes. You just stay transparent before Him. Transparent before the angels. Your heart's just broken before Him. You're always dependent for more of Him. I want to shine brighter today, so I'm hungry for His Word. I want more of His light, therefore I eat more Torah scrolls. Amen? If I am hungry for God, I eat His Word to shine. If I'm hungry for self-righteousness, I eat the word for any other reason. So the motivations of your hearts get judged real early. We need them to, so you don't waste your days in self-righteousness, starting to build up the Tower of Rome in your heart, wondering why you just become a a Christian warlock. (laughs) Amen? No Christian sorcery. Christian sorcery is just as prevalent as Jewish sorcery and Muslim sorcery, okay? Sorcery is using any kind of religion under the sun for selfish reasons, for any other intentions other than the Father's will. That's why repentance is called changing the inner man to agree with God's will. My food is to do the will of my Father who sent me, Jesus Christ, red letters. Amen. Therefore, make sure God's will is upright in your heart. Therefore, it's easy to become tithers because you don't have a selfish, demonic attitude of unrighteous mammon, which is a principality, controlling your soul, your emotions. You don't have a poverty spirit. You have the spirit of Jesus. You'll love one and despise the other, won't you? You can't have Jesus and poverty both. You can't. Oh, Jesus was poor. No, he wasn't. He had a treasurer. He had a treasurer. In those days, only kings had treasurers. We, should we go out and buy food for all these 10,000 people? That means they had enough money to buy a 10,000-person meal. Last time I checked, do you know how much that would cost? You ever plan a wedding? 300-person wedding is like $25,000 at Domeco and Sons. 300 people at Domeco and Sons wedding, $25,000. That's 300. There was 10,000 people out there. They were going to buy dinner for 10,000. That was the men only, plus women and children. So they had a hundred grand to blow on a dinner. Don't talk to me about poverty. You don't know what you're talking about. You're a liar. Rome is in you. Jesus is the king of Israel. This is not a bunch of pagan nonsense of made up. Uh, American Christianity. This is the real God of Israel, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the patriarchs to whom God gave all wealth. If you have another kind of Christianity, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Tanakh 
is not even working in you. If you read the Tanakh, there's no room for poverty. There's no room for laziness. There's no room for excuses. That's why a lot of you need the wisdom of the Old Testament because you got all kinds of misconstrued ideas of false love from the New Testament because you don't have the scriptures in you. Remember the apostles who wrote the New Testament called the Old Testament the scriptures. The Tanakh is called the scriptures by the apostles of the Lamb. You people that only read the New Testament are liars. You have no scriptures working in you. You're full of garbage and you're leading people astray. The whole purpose of the apostles of the Lamb and all the epistles of the New Testament was to fulfill Tanakh and never contradict it in any tradition of Moses and Aaron and the prophets. For they upheld God's nature and character perfectly. The interpretation of the Pharisees in Jesus' day was nothing what the prophets walked in. That's why he's meeting with Moses and Elijah on the mountain and not with the idiots in the synagogues. He was still meeting with the Jews. Moses is a Jew. Elijah is a Jew. Hello? That's what the Bible says. He was still meeting with... I have not been called to the pagan world of the Canaanite dogs, but to the lost sheep of Israel. Jesus Christ called non-Jews dogs. Hello? Talk about a Zionist. He believed Israel was better than every other nation. That's red letters. Most of you don't, because you don't understand Christianity at all. See, salvation's from the Jews, but to be a Jew is the circumcisions, and you are better than everyone else. But not in haughtiness, in humility, but not a false humility, a humility with the power of sun, moon, and stars, of Torah scrolls. Get with it. Therefore, we don't allow Esau to have any government over us anywhere in the universe, and we will obliterate these fallen angels into the lake of fire. But if you don't have that kind of confidence that I just said right now, they'll walk all over you in false humility to your last dying breath. They'll squeeze every ounce of human blood out of you as a slave race of taxpayers with no representation in any part of your government. Couldn't believe it. Nine demoncrats. I took those mail-in ballots. I was angry. I just shredded that stuff up. I said, what is this crap? Throw it in the garbage can. There's no freedom around here. I'll bring you freedom. You're a bunch of liars. This is the hellhole I live in, in Minneapolis. Pro-choice, abortion, demon-possessed, liars everywhere. People wearing masks. This... That ultra-liberal agenda is communism, Marxism, rebellion. It's Babylon the Great. It's the mixture of every demonic system in the world. Don't have any sympathy for that. That's the devil's systems in the pinnacle of wickedness. Doesn't mean you hate them. Doesn't mean you're even rude to them. I'm very loving to them. You ask anyone I go out into public with, they're like, Brandon's the nicest guy and he's a great tipper and they all made friends with me. But I all... Every single one of them, I emanate Shekinah through. That's how I gain favor. I'm never fake with them. I'll tell the truth. I never mince my words in public. I'll be this loud over a whole restaurant. I don't care what any of you idiots think. I know you're demon-possessed liars. I will fight every single one of you, physically and spiritually, to the death. (laughs) Amen. Glory. Monkey D. Luthi. I ate a devil fruit. What does that mean? Oh, so I don't know. You want to redeem the devil fruit? Well, it's the understanding of Esau. 
It's the awakening to beat the other side down so that you're not unaware of the devil and his scheming. A lot of Christians don't know how to fight the good fight of faith. Instead of fighting the devil, they fight the apostles. You know exactly how it is. Instead of you people fighting your familiars, you just fight me. Right? That's what they do. Not all of you. Some of you have gossip. Some of you sin with your mouth more than others. Some of you are really getting a hold of it. Some of you are growing. Everyone's at a different place, but everyone needs a greater repentance. I challenge myself in repentance every single day, just like every single member of this army. There's no secondary standard. The standard is the sword of the Lord, Jesus, the Word. How much of myself can I give to it today for Him to be formed in me? So when people look at me, all they see is the flashing sword of the gates of heaven. And every word, emotion, thought, and expression of my countenance is an invitation to come through the flashing sword of the temple of the Holy Ghost, this body, this countenance, directly into heaven. Your faces are the gates of heaven, people. When you are circumcised of heart and mind, your senses, your eyes, nose, mouth, ears, and touch gates with the sword of the Lord are the very gates of God. And through the word, people will enter the kingdom of heaven. Aren't you members of that body? Many parts? How do you think they get into heaven, into the body of Christ? Well, some of the parts are talking the right words, saying the right things, inviting people to the marriage supper. Go out and invite those that are unworthy. Go invite everyone in the highways and the street corners. You know, he says, the ones I invited were not worthy to come. You know who that is? Everyone that's complacent with a contract of living as a human being in under-the-sun delusion. Instead of ascension that will cost you your humanity, they're like, let's just do missions to a foreign country. What an abomination. Instead of actually changing the heavens, conquering the second heavens, let's just go do something easy that won't actually require circumcisions where I have to change into a different creature. Let me just... Stay in the human being and do Christian works. You're not doing Christian works. You're working for Samael, king of Rome. You're not working for God in those works. You say you are. You have an emotional investment like everyone that built Herod's temple, $40 billion of everyone that went to church in the whole world in those days. Jesus Christ said it was Molech alone that received all $40 billion. All that blood, sweat, and tears of that building, that working, it was all strange fire. Stephen said it, and Jesus Christ said it, both in the New Testament. Don't be those idiots who waste all 40 years of their lives, of all of their blood, sweat, tears, Christianity, tithes, offerings, and something that's for actually a demon. Amen? Molech. You're at war against Molech, too. We'll pick on him tomorrow. But tonight was Samael night. Amen? I think we did pretty good. Let's put a hole in his head. How do we do that? By you getting circumcised in yours. He is the undefeated champion of Israel, the flashing sword of the Garden of Eden, God's very Torah, the Word of God. If you allow him into your minds, into your senses, into your hearts, into your bellies, into your bones and marrow, He will make a champion out of you. He will take you, rearrange you, transform you into something you can't even imagine in your current state. 
and he wants to use you. All he's looking for is volunteers in the day of his power, not based on your power, based on the power of himself. This covenant is based on the power he himself wields. Hebrews says, the power of an indestructible life. Not your life, it's not based on your life, but the life of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ in your hearts and minds and bones and marrow. And it will make you as indestructible as he is if you flow and obey him. Amen? In the areas where you're not hearing, those will get cleaned up because you realize you tasted some death, you tasted some defeat, some demons beat you up, they got you all kinds of messed up. Yeah, that's how you learn. That's how Every good soldier has battles, battles, battles. Many of them lose wars, 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 and then they become champions. Then they become generals. Only through constant conflict, learning how to win against everything trying to kill you through sin in the world, do you become champions. So you'll be beat the hell out of a lot. And guess what? You get back up again, and you'll be stronger. You brush it off, the water come refresh you. You have angels for that. Angels are waiting for some of you to get radical and get out of all the cowardliness and become courageous lions of the tribe of Judah. My righteous one is bold as a lion, it is written. And become very, very brave in advancing the Father's will in the invisible person of your heart. You ain't going to care what your demon-possessed, lying spouse thinks anymore. You're not a human pleaser. That's not honoring God. You need to you need to please the sword of the Garden of Eden and stop being a people pleaser. Sometimes the spouse will be the biggest demonic assignment in your existence. You grow no matter who is complacent around you. Their soul is not on your head. It's not. That's a demonic assignment. It's a distraction. You'll often think your assignment is to save someone else instead of do the circumcisions on yourself. That's a demon spirit. That's a familiar spirit trying to waste all the days of your life to never be sanctified. Stop it. You work at your own sanctification and people will follow you afterwards when Christ is formed in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, I got three amens out of my cat just now. He said, amen, amen, amen. He's on fire back there. Amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Get those circumcisions. A lot of you infants in Christ that struggle with the fear of finances, just give out of your poverty and be consistent. The membrane will come back if you stop sacrificing. You will get seven times worse. It's not a one-time deal. It's staying sacrificed. It's staying circumcised. Seven demons more wicked than that one will come if you turn back into the devil. That's a guarantee from Jesus Christ in the scriptures. But if you stay obedient, if you stay the narrow path, you will prosper. Anyone that believes a prophet gets a prophet's reward. You know what a prophet's reward is? All the greatest desires of your sanctified spirit come to pass in your lives. That's what a prophet's reward is. If you can believe this as the inspired prophetic preaching of a prophet sent from God tonight and become obedient to this word, you will receive prophetic rewards in your lives. And it will get so wild, it will be like Second Chronicles 2020. Revival of believing the prophetic word. Amen? It's a revival of prophecy, of God's word. Prophecy means the word alive and working with angels. 
heaven on earth everywhere that it's like not just in my head oh my oh my god i'm a theologian no it's like i'm literally blazing in the glory i am in heaven i'm in the throne room i'm with the angels and that's the only thing i'm experiencing right now all the time because the word is alive active energized and sharper than any two-edged sword that's prophecy prophecy is everything alive because the word has gone forth so you live prophetically to live prophetically is to be alive. If you are not prophetic, you're still dead. The word's dead in you. So the anointing, the prophetic anointing, is for the word, the Bible only, to come alive in your hearts. And then it shoots up into your brains. Then it goes into your bones. Then it clothes you with white garments. Then it floods your house with angels. Then it turns your block into the Garden of Eden, and it gets better. It'll it not always be an overnight thing, and don't grow weary in well-doing. A lot of times, this is just your testing and training grounds to see if you'll be faithful, if He can entrust you with the kingdom. And if you have all these expectations and things that you desire of how God needs to bless you and all the promises that you think you have towards your life, well, just forget about it. You've told God what He has to do. Now He's not even God anymore. You're your own God. Stop praying like pagans that pray selfishly. Come with a blank slate. Father, I trust you, and I'm just going to obey whatever you want today, and I'm going to get her done, and I'm going to do it with a good attitude, and I'm going to enjoy you because I have a good father, and I'm going to be a good son. And I'm going to work on my rebellion, my bad attitude, and the chewing tobacco or whatever dumb sin that people have. I'll begin to present more and more of, of me, which is sin, for more and more of him, which is righteousness. And I'm going to grow in God. Amen? And we make progress. We go from glory to glory. He will work with you. Just keep giving him more of the clay. Every human being on earth, every pastor and full-time minister on earth has a lot of clay to give to the Lord in this generation. There is no one in ministry right now that says, well, no more clay for me. You're a liar. All of you have more clay that you can give. I don't care if you're Heidi Baker or Bill Johnson or the biggest big shot on God TV. There's more clay to give. You stay broken. Amen? There's always more clay for the master potter. That's what keeps us humble. That's what keeps us sharp. That I'm coming in a desperate state today understanding the frailty of human clay and blood and human bones and human brains and human cells and all of this stuff. If I don't come to the Word of God to clothe me inside and outside, all I'll have is darkness. All I'll have is hell. And, and the demons are just rushing and just buried in Tartarus, total darkness, don't see in color anymore. Everything smells like open sewage. The siren screams, skin being ripped off your flesh, torture in jail cells, burning and feeling the pain of continuous death and trauma, and the demons accusing you of your sins in life that you never repented for forever in hell. And that's a very, very real place. Very real. And that's where you're going to send your foreskins. Hell can have them back. Amen? They can have all the foreskins, the membranes. I don't want any of it. Anything that belongs to Esau, Rome, and Samael. 
You know, even if it touches my good Republican conservative politics, I'm even willing to change there a little bit and grow up and become more heavenly and angelic. Amen. More of a monarchy and less of a democracy. You're going to have to be clay in the potter's hands. He's going to do a great work in you in this day, but it's going to change everything. The ones that flow with it will be great in the kingdom. The ones that resist it and are stubborn towards it, they'd be better off if they'd never been born in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you guys. That's why I tell you the truth. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll have Rebecca here tomorrow. Hope to see you then. Partner with this ministry as we're moving everything down to Florida. Expenses galore. Whole mobile studio, uh, cameras, desks, computers, lighting, um, all the expenses we have here doubled because now we've doubled our size in Florida. So partner with this ministry as we expand all over the USA, Europe, the islands, Asia. We will go global. We will be on all the television. We will be on all the radio. Don't you think this message from the throne of God deserves that? If people heard this all over the place, they would go wild. This is the message of this generation. The Sandalphon Elijah message of repentance, of how you can actually repent and be healed and be resurrected and begin to practice righteousness. It's the full eternal gospel of the angels flying in the midheavens. This is what the nations need. They don't need old, charismatic, recycled Pentecostalism established a sound doctrine from 50 years ago. Just regurgitating the same garbage for 50 years every, Saturday, every Sunday morning. Listen, we don't have time for a recycling plant. We need frontline teaching of righteousness. Because Samuel's play, not playing around. Rome's not playing around. You know the situation in the USA is serious. And they're playing for keeps. This is the time for serious righteousness. Controversial righteousness. Getting a little misunderstood, getting a little undignified, a little out of my comfort zone, challenged in all of my humanity for God's sake. Signing up like the fishermen of Galilee. I don't care what the, I'm coming to him at daytime and I'm going to come and do whatever. Amen. Even the, even the ones that are awesome businesses, they laid down the awesome businesses. They signed up for anything Jesus Christ wanted to do. Amen. We need to come with that attitude. Some of you will be in business. Some of you will be in full-time ministry. The angels will work that out. The issue today is the volunteering of your whole spirit, your whole heart, your whole mind, your whole attitude, and all of your bones and marrow and bloodlines. And saying, I will volunteer in my generation to do whatever Jesus Christ asked me to do. And just say that inside your heart. Don't make a public declaration. That's between you and the Holy Spirit. The angels can hear your thoughts. All of your thought life are projected to all the angels around you. And the angels assigned to you can hear all your thoughts. Because your thought life is your angelic life. So it's in that same dimension. So they can hear all your thoughts. Amen? Truth anyhow. So just think those things in your heart. That I will surrender everything in my heart for the will of God in my generation. Whatever it is. Even if it's a line cook. Even if he wants me to work at Wendy's for 20 years. Even if I just have to clean the toilets like Smith Wigglesworth for 40 years. 
I'm not signing up to be a big shot. I'm signing up to be a servant and a volunteer. God can sort it out. I just want to be with God. It's better to be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to be in the tents of the wicked. It is written. I'd rather be a doorkeeper, the lowest job in Jerusalem, than to be near the wicked out in the tents of Edom. That's what the psalmist writes. You need to come with that attitude. I'd rather be a volunteer in the lowest place than to be around Esau and Rome and the principalities and the pagans and Jezebel's tower and the rebellious and the liars and the greedy and the disobedient. I will be a doorkeeper. I will be a volunteer and have that resolution tonight and write it down. Some of you write out your your marriage covenant, your covenant with Jesus Christ. Write it out. Make it real. Put it in your Bible and make it a contract with the Holy Ghost sealed in the blood of Jesus before the angels. Present it before the Father's throne. Father, I'm serious. I will live for you and I will do this thing. I will finish this race. I will fulfill my destiny and the calling of why you created me and why I'm here in the earth. Amen. In Jesus' name. And bless you as you do that. We'll see you tomorrow.
right now. I just see this presence of God. And it's going out right now into some of the driest countries. You're watching me right now. And as we sing tonight, just wash over me. The presence of God is washing over nations that have been so dry. People watching in Hungary. People watching in Romania. People watching in Eastern Europe. People watching in the Middle East, Egypt, Pakistan, India. And you've never experienced renewal. You've never experienced refreshing. You've never experienced the glory of God. I've been to some of these countries. I've been to countries in Africa. I've been to countries in Asia. And they have never felt the presence of God. Not like we have known. Not like we've known in America. Not like we knew in Toronto. Not like we knew in Pensacola. I have been to countries. And even though thousands are being saved. And even though thousands are being healed. And some of the most notable miracles take place. I've come home from some of these nations in Eastern Europe. And some of these nations. And I said, God, the one thing that I miss in these crusades. Is I don't feel the kind of anointing that I'm feeling tonight in Lakeland. I don't feel that fragrant oil of worship. I don't feel that washing. And I know there's so many millions watching and you're in countries right now. You're in countries where the gospel is just penetrating. You're in a dry and thirsty land and you're a missionary. And wherever it is that you're watching me in India and Africa and the Middle East and maybe you're dry in England, Ireland, Scotland. You may be even dry in America. As we were singing right now, I see the presence of the Lord is what's being imparted and the presence of the Lord is what people are going to receive tonight and people watching tonight by the by the webcast and watching tonight by the television if you'll cry out right now in your living rooms this same anointing will come right to the television it'll come right through the computer and you'll begin to feel something and you'll say this is different than all my striving this is different than all my hard working this is different than moving in the power of God it's presence it's presence of God it's the anointing touching the nations it's the glory touching the nations and let them come let them come right into your living room let them come right through the television let them come right through the computer and let them wash over you let them wash over you and tonight come on in this place tonight there's a great washing there's a river there's a river that's flowing and it's renewing and it's washing and it's refreshing 